0: Hold on. I'm going to try to trace it back. So tired. I'm now drunk. Ugh. Haven't eaten enough today. Choked on the can of Nelly Bean. (laughs) (laughs) Hi.
1: Hi. (laughs) Holy shit. She did it. You did it. Are you wrapped? You're done? No. Oh. No, I mean I was just today. I'm just done just for today. today. Okay. How many more days? Three to four. Three to four. Are you two to th- bev? I Are you, am. You Are the they bed?
0: advertising on the pod this week? Yes. Oh, well, fantastic. A tie-in. A natural <laughs> tie-in. <laughs> um the uh guys, it's like it's like it's cocktail time for me. No, I we have we actually just have two more days we were supposed to be well we were supposed to be finished
1: yeah cheers cheers but that's you nobody ever finishes on time unless it's like well you do I've actually live I've actually always finished oh really
0: shooting yeah pretty much always I think but uh well no not white chicks but tv shows I feel like I have had maybe you're right now I'm now I'm the second guessing everything.
1: <laughs> well, I think like I think somebody correct me if I'm wrong. In their in my experience, usually the principal people are probably wrapped on time and then you like hold everything back for like people that aren't the main people. But probably no. now in the time of COVID and where things are like more complicated and there are less non principal people, probably it just extends to everyone where it's well, like, likely you'd go a little over. I will say that, yeah, we
0: definitely had the COVID situation, yeah, at hand because we had to. I mean, we basically took. Nope, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but we did have to take. Oh yeah, I unplugged my of course. One of these days, I'm gonna get it all fucking figured out. Here's what's gonna be nice when I what's, am finished with this job yeah and I'm able and I get a few more items of furniture in this place the office apartment with the good light
1: the apartment that's an office
0: Becky with the good light
1: (laughs) (laughs) we should call her because it's like she's like my side piece yeah I don't I don't know if um yeah Becky Becky's not a hero we might want to call her something else Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: Okay. (laughs) I just, I was just, I was just more talking about with good something. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good (sighs) apartment with the good light. Anyway. Yeah. Hopefully the new house will have good light as well, but we don't know yet because we don't live there because it's not finished being constructed.
1: Let me ask you a question, though did Did you not go to the house? No, when it has were- it has great light. Okay, it okay. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm just i'm a worried. little i'm just being a little comedy biz, you know. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Because that is one thing that I think sometimes people don't think about when they're buying a place or renting a place. But I usually have to go by in the morning. I go by in the afternoon, and then I go by at nighttime. Well, as we discuss, <clears throat> oh no. I'm oh, choking no. on nothing. You're <clears throat> choking on nothing. You have a frog in your throat.
0: No, this was from earlier today. I actually legit choked on like a can, can, cannelly bean? Cannellini? Is Cannellini that what it's bean? called? Cannellini bean? <throat> yeah. You know like how the skin of a bean in a soup comes off? Yes. Okay. The skin of a bean <laughs> came off of my soup earlier and I was in the midst of showing Meredith Scardino... That tweet about the scammers that you sent me about the Bitcoin, oh, yeah, yeah, cryptocurrency yeah. people that the DOJ just like indicted on all this fraud, whatever.
1: Yeah, and I was took, showing her that,
0: t- and I was about to just be real emphatic about it, except yeah. like the skin of some cannellini beans that was from my soup stopped went you. It just stopped my throat, and I was like. Mm. Oh no! This is how I die. Yeah, and then I okay. thought, Am I too close? Am Am I? Tr- is the game trying to take me out?
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know that the game could arrange to have you choke on a on a bean skin. I think that would take a level of organization that these folks didn't have because they quickly got caught at their scam. Um, but you know, bean skins really are like a junior varsity popcorn haul. They will fucking kill you. They will fuck a bitch yeah. up,
0: as they did today. They and will... listen, lingering effects.
1: Yeah. They always go behind, like, my back teeth, which is really <clears throat> gross.
0: I think that what happened was possibly that, and then I, like, inhaled, and it just flew.
1: Yeah. I have to be really care- careful with raw carrots. I don't know why. But whatever, like, the specific weight of, of a like, a chewed carrot will... Always, I will either choke on it or it will go up into my nose, and oh, I have I've had to that. Like, shoot a piece of raw carrot out of my nose. I think they're like really hazardous, and carrots should probably have a, a warning label on them. Well, you know, the most ill I ever got was
0: from when my mom tried to poison me with the rotten baby carrots.
1: Oh, what? Okay, she well, gave you old baby carrots. <sighs>
0: Well, it was many 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 moons ago. Many 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 moons ago. I'm going to say 16 years ago, Christmas. Okay. So okay. fresh in my memory like it was yesterday. And it was actually the first time I that Mark Mark and I had just started dating, I think, and he came with me to my parents' house and I had really talked up Christmas. Like, yeah. Oh, I know your family like doesn't like really get down for holidays but like Christmas at my house is the place to be (laughs) and like but as it is with my mother sometimes you never know like when this is gonna happen where she's gonna say something like well I've decided to give up on Christmas this year (laughs) you know what I mean and like then you're just I'm like oh okay it's just biz you guys are and by the way to be fair to Barbara Phillips Neither one of us were, like, married or had our own kids yet. We right. were just, like, yeah. people that were older and, not yeah. e- and, like, not even that much fun, my sister and, and I. And probably, like, dipped out sometimes to yeah. do whatever you want. To, like, go to I bars think- and meet our friends, right? So... So, anyway, so that was that year, and I remember being a little bit like, wah, wah, but it was fine. The snow babies were still out, although at that time, there were not, you know, the 300 plus that there exists right, today sure. or whatever. And I remember, like, there was just no, my mom was not just in one of those phases where, like, I don't know what was happening, if she was doing some... Meal delivery diet, or I don't I don't know, or shakes or something. I don't know. There was no right. food in the house other than like the items specifically purchased to just make like Christmas Eve dinner and Christmas dinner. Other than that, right. no food. And sure. so I remember at like 1:30 or 2 p.m. on Christmas Day being like very, very hungry. And my mom saying like, "Well, I don't know, Elizabeth, just look. I don't know what I have." And there was a bag of baby carrots and I was like, "Is this uh, can I have these baby carrots?" And my mom was like, "Well, do they look okay?" And I was like, "I don't they look like a bag of baby carrots." And she's like, "I'm sure they're fine." Right. I ate most of the bag of baby carrots. And then I put them back in the fridge. That night Mark was walking me back like we Mark and I were Staying in a hotel because my parents, like, don't yeah. have a house that and he and I were just dating, whatever. Yeah. We never stay with my parents. What am I even saying? The, uh, it's not their house isn't big enough to say. Anyway, the point being. Yeah, yeah. We're walking back to our hotel room. Like, we leave my parents' house. We're walking back to our hotel, my hotel room. And I'm like, I don't, like, I feel real bad all of a sudden. Oh, no. And then I went and I laid down. And by the way, I do want to say this, and I do want—I just got to preface it with all of this. You know, I wasn't diagnosed... This was right before my diagnosis of IBS and spastic colon. So I was having issues. I was having right,
1: sure. issues
0: with my stomach.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Because later that month, or maybe like the next week, I don't even remember, that was when... Mark and I went to Las Vegas to meet his family, like, where they were going on vacation to Vegas, weirdly, for, like, a few days. And yeah. so, because they were on they were on the East Coast, obviously, and so we, like, met them there so that he could see them. And that was, like, after the Cirque du Soleil show, I had, like, I, like, was... <laughs> this is, like, this is where... Oh, God. This is literally, like, the first six months of my relationship with Mark, by the way. Where... Yeah. Where... So we're walking back to the hotel Christmas night and I'm like, don't feel well. And then I ended up throwing up basically the entire rest of the evening. The next day we went back to my mom's house. I don't, actually, my memory fails me. He'll remember. If we went back to the house or if my mom looked, but the carrots had expired in June of the previous, like of that year.
1: But like- Sure, yeah, six months, five, six months
0: prior. they're, They're used by date. Was June. This was yeah. December 25th. Yeah. So, anyway, we often refer to it as the time my mom tried to poison me with carrots. But then after that, went to Las Vegas, saw saw Cirque du Soleil. And that night, I literally was the night that I like literally was like, oh my God, I'm shitting straight blood, like in a ton of yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I gotta. Because the guy that I dated before Mark, like my boyfriend before Mark. He didn't like shit blood? No, he didn't like pooping at all. And remember, and he was like (laughs) a secret pooper. He like wouldn't poop. And we went out for, like we knew each other forever. And like, we went out for a long time sequentially too. Yeah. Yeah. And he still like would not acknowledge that it was happening or that I, like, you know what I mean? And yeah, Mark and I had been going out like maybe six Ish seven months at this we were our relationship was as old as the baby carrots is basically right, what I'm right. <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> and I was like in the bathroom in this hotel, like this nice hotel room at like the win or something, 24 years old, 24, 25, 25 years old. And I'm shitting straight blood nonstop. And I'm like, I guess I gotta just tell this guy that not only do I shit, but it is straight blood, and I don't know what to do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I called oh my, my mom
0: from the bathroom. I remember calling my mom from the bathroom, and she's like, "Busy, you have to go to the hospital." And I was like, "I don't know if I have to go to the hospital." Anyway, so I ended up telling Mark, and then he was like, "I think you need a doctor." And I was like, "Not, I didn't get one in Las Vegas. I went home back to LA. No sh-
1: yeah, no shade to Las Vegas. No, no, no. I'm sure.
0: No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure they're fine. But I lot. just,
1: but we just, it wasn't like a it was it was
0: yeah but anyway lots of gastrointestinal stories right here in the first five minutes of this podcast yeah right
1: I mean you're right off the bat and sh- you're looking to shit your wedding dress that that first time of your relationship was just full of no
0: because I so I did go back to LA I like went and got a colonoscopy I was 25 got my first colonoscopy was diagnosed with IBS and spastic colon. Had went to this like old school doctor at Cedars, and he was like, "Well, this is the medication that you're going to be on now for the rest of your life." It's like IBS. Yeah, I have IBS. Do they literally call it D? I think so. Okay, or C? Yeah, C or D, constipation or diarrhea. So I have IBS gotcha. D. Um, you should just take this medication for the rest of your life. And I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "I was just like medication, just like stops you up." And I was like, "That doesn't seem like." the move, sir. And he's like, well, you can continue being uncomfortable and having these symptoms. And I was like, yeah, there's got to be something else. And I am like, you know, truly, I am into the Western medicine, you know, sure, Provax, whatever. But occasionally I do think there are things that you have to like examine the whole of it, you know? And so I was, So I went to this... Don't just put a Band-Aid on your butthole. That's right. That's right, Casey. Your colon. Your colon, yeah. My spastic colon. And I was like, of course my colon is spastic. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I went to an allergist and he like did all of these tests and essentially narrowed it down to like three things that he thought I was like very, very sensitive to. And then had me do like an elimination diet for three months. And his thing, and I just want to say this because who knows, maybe this will, I'm not a doctor, do your own fucking research. But I do think this is like an interesting theory, like an interesting idea, which is that the way that Stuart Lanson, Dr. Stu Lanson, who I think is no longer practicing, Uh, Just because he retired, not because he like got driven out of the allergy biz. Um, How he explained allergies to me is that there are different kinds of allergies, obviously. There are environmental, Mm -hmm. there are um, chemical, Mm -hmm. and then there are food. And what ends up happening is that allergies are cumulative in your system, and so, right. if you have, like, a sensitivity to an item, like, let's say, I mean, I have a sensitivity to black pepper, okay? So, I have a right. sensitivity to black pepper. Now, if I go to a restaurant and they're like, do we have any allergies at the table? I don't have to say I'm have an aller- i allergic to black pepper. But if I order yeah. a cacio y pepe, I'm going to have a reaction. Like, I'm going right. to have a spastic colon, IBS situation. You know what I mean? Because it's just too right. much. My body gets overloaded with it. And right. often what he was saying, which I think is so interesting, is that the, all of the allergies in your system, like whether it's environmental, chemical, or food, they all sort of like are in the same bucket. So if that bucket gets filled up and you're overwhelmed, like you live in a place that has a lot of environmental factors, like in Los Angeles, um, and a lot of chemical factors, like in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, then your food is going to be the place where you like, you know, it puts you over the edge. So whatever it is, the thing that puts you over the edge, it almost is like you can have all of these different sensitivities people obviously have real allergies as well, where it's like yeah, sure. anaphylaxis yeah. and whatever. But I just thought that was so interesting and a thing that I never had considered before. And now as I've lived these many, many years since then, I notice that if all of those things are sort of activated, then I really I can't even have black pepper on like a salad. You know what I mean? Like right, I have to, right. or or gluten wheat is like a, is one that really affects me
1: or maltodextrin guys come on interesting interesting yeah it's um it's interesting i obviously firmly believe that we're sensitive to things i'm the, i don't know if i'm sensitive to gluten or to wheat it seems like wheat i don't know I haven't even really looked into it that much, if anything else makes gluten besides wheat. But yeah, because I, I think know, oats I think oats can.
0: Do they? I don't yeah, even cause, know. Because you can get o- oats that are not
1: gluten-free oats. Oh, but, but does they're, does that wheat just mean they're But does that just mean that they're processed in a facility that also has gluten? Or does it mean that the oats have gluten themselves? I don't know. I don't know. I should ask. I actually know a person who could find this out so easily. But I will say that every time I eat bread, I sneeze my fucking head off. Yeah. and I know all about it. It's not just – yeah, it's not just psychological. Someone pointed it out to me. Someone who actually had a – celiac disease was like, Oh, every time you apologize to me for eating a piece of pizza in front of me, you sneeze 55 times after you eat it. And, um, so yeah, and it's true. I get really itchy nose, really itchy eyes, sneeze forever. And once I put that, once she helped me put that together, I stopped having a bagel in the morning and then I stopped sneezing, uh, so many times that everyone on the train from Connecticut to New York wanted to kick me off the train. So there you go There you go I've also shit blood in my life But I did it from endometriosis Not from IBS Oh wow Well guys What a welcome Welcome to this week Yeah there's, There's so many things you can choke on And or expel From your downstairs That are Just really gross But also really normal I think we just should normalize All of the stuff
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that like the pooping conversation let me just tell you this., yeah. like, bless Oprah for so many reasons. I know like opes can be controversial in some ways to certain people or whatever, blah blah. I will never be anti or against... I mean, she's like such a trailblazer in so many ways, but she really yeah. was the first woman to talk about like what's going on when you poop it, on yeah. national television to like every person watching. And it had such a huge impact on me. And like, it was like a kind of maybe around the same time. Like I I just remember growing up, like not talking about that and thinking that that was like, oh God, I I can't even talk about my stomach issues or whatever, you know, being so embarrassed by it. And similar to like, like how I've talked to Birdie about their period and like Cricket about periods, like I don't know, like it just is a part of being human and there's no shame in being human. And the more shame you put on humanness the more shame you have to carry and people carry so much about everything anyway. It's like at least let's eliminate the shitting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah. I mean I get it that like certain things are private and like there's no reason to unnecessarily belabor your shits with people in your life but guys, we like, don't have to post if, it to Facebook, but I am just saying, exactly. I'm saying like yeah,
0: that like endometriosis, like a lot of issues that affect women's reproductive systems, um out of like a fear, a shame and like being uncomfortable not having the language to talk about it. You know, women have literally died died and I just feel like I don't know there if you if there's something going on like you should be able to like verbalize it and some things are within the realm of normal you know what I mean like yeah you need to be able to like understand that as well which is why I mean Oprah I remember that episode so well and why I think it's so important you know Yeah, I agree. We don't need to belabor it. And sometimes I get like, ugh, grossed out, especially like Cricket really goes, really, really goes (laughs) for the
1: humor, the potty humor. Well, that's just her age, but also like, I'm not above (laughs) laughing at potty humor. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's, listen... Read the room, right? When you're going for a little pot of humor, you got to read the room. We don't know. Everyone listening to this podcast could have thrown up like five times already. We don't. The room is is hard to read when we're here, pre-recording this. I
0: live in June. I live in June. I live, I live, I live in June. Hi, my babies. It's me, Busy Phillips. You know how much I love. Olive in June. And you know how much Casey and I both love the Manny system and how we've both benefited from having beautiful salon perfect nails at home. I'm just going to encourage you, if you haven't tried it yet, you should check it out. The Olive and June Manny system is freaking amazing. With the Manny System, you treat yourself to beautiful nails all year long. The nail polishes last seven plus days. Do not chip. People will ask you where you get your nails painted. My favorite thing is the myriad of colors that Olive and June makes for their nail polish. It really, does, it really goes on perfectly. And I think I told this story before, but when I was back in Arizona over the holidays, I just went and bought some nail polish at the store that I realized when I was painting my nails, not the same experience as what I have with Olive and June. Like, so having the comparison was shocking to me. All the tools you need come in the box, one box. The Manny system is so easy and it comes with poppy. It's that little brush handle thing. You pop it on top of the brush of the nail polish color you're using and it makes it easy. It kind of steadies your hand so you can paint with your non-dominant hand. You can paint the other hand. Your dominant hand, I guess. Anyway, guys, it's a game changer. Get the Olive and June Manny System, six polishes. It breaks down to just $2 a Manny. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true. With Olive and June, we've been talking about it for so long, we love them so much. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny System. That's O L I V E. A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. We love it so much. We know you are going to too. So if you've been listening to the show consistently, you've heard us talk about how much we love our Helix mattresses. We're obsessed with it. Change the way we sleep. Change the way we rest change how much rest we're getting. That's why we're so excited to tell you that Helix has left the bedroom and started making sofas. That's right. They just launched a new company. It's called All Form. They're already making literally the best sofas in the game. What makes them so great? For one, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Two, you get to pick your fabric, and it's spill, stain, and scratch resistant. Gina, don't even try it. Or try it, I guess, because you're not going to do anything. You get to pick the sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They have armchairs and love seats, and then they make all the way up to an eight-seat sectional. So honestly, if your house is that big, bless your heart. But there's literally something for everyone. You can always start small, and then you can buy more pieces, more seats later on and add them in, which is amazing and makes it so great. So you don't have to like buy a new sofa if you move from a new from one apartment or one house to a new apartment or another house, which is fantastic. All form sofas are made to grow and change with you when you move. And they're also delivered directly to your home with fast free shipping. In the past, I don't know about you, I've tried to order sofas and then they're like, okay, so you'll see that in, um, you know, eight months. And you're like, wait, what? And then you would need someone to like come and like assemble it for you and help you. All form it takes no time to arrive in the mail and you assemble it yourself in a few minutes. No tools needed. For me, that's the big one because I can never find tools. It's really big and roomy. We love ours. It's in my office. It's super cozy and everybody gravitates toward it. And honestly, the price is very reasonable. You know, if getting a sofa without trying it in a store sounds sketch to you, which at this point it shouldn't because I don't know who's even going into stores at this point, you get a hundred days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. If you don't love it, Allform will come and pick it up for free and they give you a full re fund. They even offer a forever warranty, literally forever. So go find your perfect sofa. Check it out at allform.com slash best. And Allform is now offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash best. Well, listen, listen, it's been a big week and we have a guest today, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because, guys, if you, like we, have been following along on this NFT slash crypto slash Bitcoin journey, the journey, perhaps you know that, like, it's gaining steam in terms of, like, people discussing it and it being out there. we even get into this, Casey. How like you lead me in because you're pr- Produce this, please for me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we've just been noticing. So you, uh, I'm sure you've heard it from us, and I'm sure if you're online, you've heard it. And it started out with like bros, right? Like guys, like tech guys. Tech and now bros. it's sort of. Sp- Tech bros. Yeah. And now it's sort of spreading to just like general celebrities in general um, talking about crypto and putting money into NFTs. And, mm-hmm. you know, crypto has been around for a while. We've been trying to figure out what it is for a while Um, and, and not so successfully, probably because, you know, not a lot of people knew and people are doing their best to explain it and probably not doing a great job in a a lot of instances. So um, now we're in a place where lay people, people that don't invest or people that aren't big into tech, kind of know what crypto is. And it just seems like a lot of celebrities have been getting into it. And then, you know, it enters the territory of pop culture, which is something that we pay attention to. And so we were kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Like, It just seemed weird because celebrities don't talk a great deal about investing ever. That's not something I've ever seen someone do go on a talk show and, and talk about their investment portfolio. And we know celebrities have those. So we were kind of like, what is happening and why is this happening and why are the people who are doing it, doing it? And um, yeah, so, so we, we, we reached out to talk to somebody who has like a whole podcast about it. Matt Binder. Um, and the is podcast the host, uh, is called scam economy. Scam
0: is in the title <laughs> of the podcast guys. Cause it is, let me be very fucking clear about how I feel about this. This is a fucking scam. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a fucking scam. And anyone who's trying to fucking sell it to you is full of shit and is way richer than you will ever fucking be. And yeah, they're like counting on you being a fucking sucker. I'm sorry. I got so mad about it today, Casey, that like, I almost was like, I can't see straight. And I feel truly like I got to write some like actual personal emails to people.
2: I oh, feel like, interesting. no, okay.
0: I really feel this way. I feel okay. like this is like fucking dangerous and fucked up. Because this is a time, oh no, I'm going to cry. This is a time in our world where people are really fucking struggling to put food on the fucking table for their families. And so for these people who like, and I love so much of like the celebrities in question who are like pushing NFTs on on us. I love so much of the stuff that they do. And I think so much of it is like, great And, like, fucking changing the game and changing the system and taking power back and blah, 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 blah. blah. And you know what this is? Fucking bullshit. And this is, like, such a scam that is going to hurt people and cost them money that they don't have. And so while it's well and good for fucking Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon to sit on his fucking talk show and talk about their NFTs and everyone in the audience gets an NFT. What's not fucking good are the people down the line that are going to lose their, the shirts off their backs. That's not okay. Not, not now, not ever, but especially not fucking now. And like, right. And like, When you follow that chain and the CAA connection, and by the way, full disclosure guys, the agency I'm represented at now, currently, maybe not after today, (laughs) ICM is like currently doing a merger with CAA. So I essentially, effectively will be represented by CAA, but this is to me so fucking egregious and so disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, I'm so fucking done. You just get richer and richer and richer. And I ask you,
1: Casey, to what end? (sighs) I don't know. I am also represented by ICM, which (laughs) I'm just, I'm just mentioning in case anyone wants to get in touch with anyone about me to, to hire me to hire, to hire you. No, I get it. But, um, after today, uh, uh, who knows after, after all of this, who knows what will be the case? I understand. Here's here's the way that I understand. And I've been trying to put this in perspective. Um, first of all, there's a lot of celebrities, really big celebrities that are talking about crypto and NFTs. and Web3. Like, s- Web3. And I want to say that maybe it's that they don't understand it either. Maybe someone slick talked to them and convince them that this is like the the greatest thing and they didn't because I've been in that position before where someone's sold me on an idea that I'm like yes that sounds great like ivermectin like like ivermectin (laughs) is that is that a thing no I've no no,
0: I've never I've never why wouldn't you go for ivermectin Casey if somebody if somebody was convincingly telling you if somebody was an expert quote unquote and telling you why ivermectin is the fucking thing why wouldn't you go for it
1: well, I would ask more questions. Sure. And uh, then yes. also
0: would you go towards the majority of scientists, the majority of right. people in the field right. and their opinion on it? I'm sorry I'm getting so mad, guys. I'm sorry my very no, tone is, you're very, very, my tone yeah, is no. very
1: unpleasant. It's okay. It's okay. It's worth getting, you know, um, also actor Ben McKenzie has been sort of, uh, from the OC who we love him from, from the OC, Ryan Atwater, uh, (laughs) and from many other things. He's been in lots of great things. I just love him from the OC, but he's been tweeting about like, guys, like, I think this is not right. I think this is something that is not not right. It, it's, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, so to be fair, there are uh, you know, people on people actors on both sides of the issues. I think it's so funny that no, we're talking there's about there's not.
0: There's like me and <laughs> Ben McKenzie who are like and, who and are that's like kind of like former teen stars. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then there's like the biggest fucking celebrities in the world that are like Two, like on their huge television platform, TV shows, huge platforms of like. 47 million followers on Instagram and Twitter combined that are like, this is the future. This is the future. Invest in this. No, what we are, Ben McKenzie and I are like on the same fucking level. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. We're like moderately successful television actors, you know, Right. but we are able to recognize when something smells off and we are able to be like, hey, guess what? This is truly fucked that other people in our industry, an industry built of creatives and people who like want to put good stuff into the world and want to change the game and like want to help and want to do good things. Like this is fucked up that these people are getting sucked in by like a get rich quick Ponzi scheme that is going yeah. to be to the detriment of their fans and the people that
1: root for them and the people that love them. It is so fucked. Yeah. I think here's what I want to say. I do want to say that here's what I understand about money and the economy. And I don't understand a great deal about it. I'm not an economist. I'm not a financial expert, but I do understand that money is a construct. So we go back to the beginning of the United States uh, when people first came and stole this country from indigenous people that were here. And they started building whatever, their homesteads and farming and things like that. And then we introduced money into a society and all it is is that it's a paper. It's a token Like, uh, like we're being told about NFTs are non-fungible tokens. So a dollar bill is just a piece of paper, and a nickel is just a little minted piece of metal. Um, And and actually, you know, so much of our, our our economy and our finances are just theoretical. It's like figures being zipped back and forth between banks and accounts, and it's not even actual physical dollars, like coupons that people are using to trade for for beans or purses or shoes or what, what have you, you know, going way back to the beginning of history. What is most confusing to me about NFTs is they are not... They're not really goods or services, so they're but not. They do, but they not, do
0: take a lot of energy. But they do, they do waste, take a lot of energy. They waste a yes, lot of energy yes.
1: in in yes. this a uh, climate crisis. Yes, and so that's what is that was the most interesting thing that we we talked about with this guy Matt Binder, is just like what exactly are NFTs and like what's the value. To someone who's interested in purchasing one, and what can they hope for uh, when they own an NFT, and, and so that's what's that's been the hardest part to wrap my head around because I understand I give you fifty dollars for a pair of shoes, and then I get the pair of shoes, and then you know I have a good in exchange for. My construct of money and how much of that construct I possess, or whatever. But NFTs, I was really confused about. So he sort of cleared some of that up for me.
0: But also, it only exists. the The value of the thing only exists as long as you can convince another fucking sucker that it's worth that much.
1: Right. Right. And we just don't know where the the future of this is going.
0: Casey, you're being too. You're you're just being too diplomatic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are. You're just being too like, and we don't know. We don't know. You're hedging. And the truth is, it's it's not a hedge. It's not a fucking hedge. It's going nowhere. It's just, it's not speculation. It's what these people are doing. It's manipulation. And it's like it's right. Like Amway. It's Amway on steroids. It's like, it's a pyramid scheme on fucking steroids. Except I don't know. Right. In Amway, did you get
1: something? Yes. Amway, you got products. Like yeah, whether got or not you did. Like, you just right. get in this you don't get anything when i'm saying we don't know which way this is going i mean i don't know as as matt told us and you'll hear in the interview only 32,000 people maximum have have crypto wallets uh, according to him so that's not even like the size of a small town you know what i mean that so maybe that should i are, just so are, we just stop
0: talking about it
1: No, not at all. But what I'm saying is my hope is that people will see Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton talking about this thing and kind of see it for what it is. Like, it's something that's not for me. I don't have $250,000 to buy a Bored Ape NFT. And so, like, hopefully this thing will rather quickly resolve to what it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, hopefully people just won't put money in it. Because they, people can't afford it, I can't afford to put two hundred fifty thousand dollars into an imaginary cartoon that I don't even really own, you know. And and I don't know that I would put hundred dollars into uh, an NFT if there was one that costs a hundred dollars. I'm sure there are. So I'm. Um, uh, it is my hope that like people are sp- wealthy, people are speculatively investing in this. But my hope is kind of that regular people who aren't so wealthy are just like I mean I don't know what they're talking about and I'm not doing this and then pretty soon it would fizzle out right but it's right okay, okay. like I sent you that thing about those people like what are they 3.6 billion dollars of crypto that they like scammed they hacked and like scammed or these people that are being indicted they received the scammed funds but someone else hacked and stole 3.6 billion dollars worth of crypto but then i saw you know already people started with the jokes they were like it's 3.6 billion now but tomorrow it'll be 1.2 billion and then the day after that it'll be eight dollars and then the next day it'll be 10 billion like that's how volatile the worth of crypto is but i also just think it's like I think it's wild and I think that people probably only understand it as as good as we understand it. It's not real. And the and the and
0: the trick is, I mean, it's a little bit like if you don't know, if you don't know, it's a little bit like um, musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody loses. Because you know what? Always. Because you know what? You better fucking hope that there's a chair for you to sit on when the music stops. But honestly, chances are, prob's not.
1: Or that you're eventually going to lose. Yeah. I mean, Matt says all this in the interview. He said something that made a lot of sense to me, which is... um you know, he criticizes crypto, he criticizes NFTs and people say, what? I'm That's not true. I made money off of it. And he said, yes, people make money off of scams. That's why they do them. The thing that worries me honestly here is that people might think that they're doing a thing that's not that bad. Not realizing that like somebody has to lose in order for them to win, you know? And and so that's a that's a bummer of a well, thing, I guess, you know? Well, I guess the question you have to ask yourself. Are you a person who believes
0: in being just out for themselves? Or are right, you a person right. that believes that, like... Life is about more than that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's really good that we're, like having this conversation and that people are having this conversation more they're like oh this is a thing that isn't going away even though we had been ignoring it or whatever and so you know so it's interesting i mean i also kind of feel like everything is a scam in a way everything's a scam so I'm sort of like I understand. It's funny. It's like when people get mad at a business and they're like this product is a scam. It's not worth the money that I paid. Well, yeah, of course it's not. It's like it costs less money to make it than you paid for it. That's how business works because someone else made it for you and then you get it. And you know, but um NFTs are unique in that they're just doesn't seem to me to be a product or service exchanged and so there's not there's not because there's not and so that's the, the part that's most interesting to me
0: and also like when we discussed last week like how creepy it was that they were that like the conversation between and by the way we're specifically bringing up the conversation between Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon but I am not here for fucking Brie Larson or Reese Witherspoon or Gwyneth Paltrow or any other big celebrity, like changing their avatar profile pic or trying to put like NFTs out into their Justin Bieber, like any of this bullshit. I'm just not here for it. I'm not here for
1: it. <laughs> I hope it turns out to be like when all the celebrities did the Imagine video at the beginning of the pandemic and everyone God was damn like, it. that. That wasn't helpful. That wasn't helpful. And it just like, it really faded away rather quickly. And everyone was just like, yeah, yeah, our bad. We shouldn't have done that.
0: I would like to believe
1: that that's true. I would like to believe,
0: yeah. The Imagine video was like cringy and like bad, but like no one like lost their
1: home. Yeah. Nobody profited from it. It just was like, it was just like a bad thing. It was like, and it was just Not unhelpful. Helpful. It was unhelpful. Yeah. And yeah.
0: also like, no. Yeah. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah, and I guess, and like, this is the thing. It's like, we keep trying to find comparisons, right? Like we yes. keep trying to say like, this is like, this is like that. This is like this. Yeah. This is like that. This is like the big short
1: Yeah. There's no comparison. There's no comparison
0: except that the rich people are going to get richer. Yeah. And really maybe it is like the Hunger Games like Birdie said to me.
1: Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is that it just doesn't seem like a sound investment. Um, it doesn't seem like a sound investment from a, a business perspective, but also it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that I would want to invest my money in knowing that the goal was to pump up the value. So even if I profited down the line, someone's going to bust and I, I just, just don't, I don't want my money to be in the chain of that. <laughs> Not that I have any money to put in that chain. You circle
0: that right there. Cause that's the most important soundbite from it. All of me being like, like salaciously like, fuck those bitches (laughs) like maybe that might get like a people mag headline (laughs) but what you just said is the fucking real that's the truth and it bums me out it just bums me out and I want better for all of
1: us I really do. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Well, it's a, here's the bummer. And I know that I keep like, I am jokingly saying, like, let people who are in debt make an NFT for you and you buy it. It's just that people keep cloaking it in, in this, like, it's going to equalize everything. It's going to lift people out of debt. And I haven't heard anyone successfully explain or believably explain to me how that's going to happen. And it's kind of a bummer just to see people putting so much, energy into something um, when, you know, it would be pretty easy to lift someone out of debt if you wanted to, even to relieve some of their debt if you wanted to. And I'm not saying nobody has to do that. Nobody has to do that. Like what people do with their money and their lives and what they put their energy into is their business. But I just think that, you know, we keep talking about these things um, and how we're going to tackle these issues when it's pretty fucking simple. Like if somebody needs money, somebody with a lot of money should like give it to them. Also, you know? if you're a fucking bitch that talks about how the environment is like
0: important and a thing that you love, and then you're changing your profile pic to an NFT, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. And people mag feel free to use that as your goddamn headline. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But with that, maybe we should like go to the. Let's go to the expert. Should we go to the expert? Sure. And and talk. I mean, he's not even an expert. He's like a dude who yeah is an investigative journalist who also was doing another podcast that was like, wait, what is? They were getting so many questions, so many like emails, so much uh listener comments about NFTs and crypto that he was like, well, I guess this is what I really should be doing. And he did this new podcast called scam
1: economy. It's a podcast that busy even listens to. So you have to know that it's interesting.
0: Well, I've been listening to it because, 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 and I think this is an important part of this. And now I have deja vu, but whatever. Uh If you got if you have a feeling in your gut, okay, about anything, guys, yeah, at home. Anything. You're like something about your kid, something about your friend, something about yourself, something about the guy that you went out on a date with. You have a gut feeling about something. Like, see it through, figure it out, follow yeah. your gut, because that is the thing that we have. You know what I mean? And yeah. And if you ignore that, the more that we suppress those, those feelings, the less likely you are to have them. And yeah. my feeling about this thing has been so fucking rotten from the, from the jump. So, yeah, Casey's right. I hate podcasts. I don't like <laughs> listening to them. I, I almost don't like doing this one except except, <laughs> except that I really enjoy talking to Casey because I love her so much. And I like, like hearing from you guys what you're like, you're like, I vacuumed my floor while listening to you today. Like whatever it is. Yeah. I like do enjoy that. I enjoy the sense of community because as we learned on emergency pod, the secret to all of life is that we all just want to belong and we want to be right. in a, a group. up. A, grouping of people we want to feel yeah yeah
1: anyway you would like to have that sense of community without worrying that your recorder is recording
0: correct but like what are we here we are you know what I mean (laughs) but but that being said so yeah so I don't fuck with podcasts that much and occasionally Mark loves to get down with a podcast I have other friends love to get down with a podcast and they will listen to said podcast and then they will give me the like Cliffs Notes version of the podcast, and I will be like, right? Great. I don't have to listen to that podcast. I'm so glad that you told me what happened on that podcast. <laughs> so I don't have to listen to it. But in this case, this cryptocurrency, scam economy, NFT, fucking bullshit, I was like, I want to know because I have a right. gut feeling that this is incredibly damaging. And a further wedge is being driven. And like in this exact moment in history, when you and I have like talked so much about, what is it gonna take? What is it gonna take? How do we, how do, we do this thing? How do we like get people to have conversations, to be on the same page? What is the way to do this thing? And this like, this little bitch comes along, crypto, Bitcoin, NFTs, which has like been a long, like it's like been brewing for a while while. from a far, from a far right libertarian perspective. But now it's like been kind of, it's been taken over by another thing. Yeah. And all I know is this, that if Joe Rogan starts trying to sell you fucking NFTs next week. Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) We were right. And I am the antithesis of that motherfucker.
1: (laughs) But yeah, let's go to our expert. But I also want to talk... I want to talk more about gut feelings when we come back because I've been thinking about this a little bit. But yeah, let's go to the interview.
0: But anyway, so wait. This is my point. I had to see this... I had to see this shit through. I had to listen to these fucking episodes. But the first episode, Scam Economy 101, the ABCs of crypto with David Gerard. It's like an hour and 45 minutes or something like that. It is such valuable information. And for anyone, I'm just saying, even if you don't go past episode one, although you're gonna want to after you do episode one, this is the like course you need to take (laughs) this is like Uh -uh. what you need to know about cryptocurrency bitcoin ethereum nfts proof of work proof of stake all of these things they go through all of the the language and the verbiage so that you can because that's the way that people fucking scam you right always they scam you because they think they bank on they bank on the idea that you don't want to think, you don't want to seem stupid to other people right. so you won't ask questions.
1: Right. Right? Yeah, I think so. Or just, you know, that you'll take what they're saying in good faith and that they're saying, no, this is a good deal. And, and you're like, okay, this guy's a good guy and he said it's a good deal. But also I think a
0: little bit, that and I think we've talked about this before, Case. That that idea of like not wanting to seem stupid is what it's the emperor's new clothes. It's like what oh, costs for sure. people everything. Like for sure, I think once you can release yourself of the ego, which I, by the way, if my vocal fry hasn't already done it for me, I am like, don't give a shit if you think I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, I'm not and I know I'm not. I know Busy. that I'm not
1: so Biz, What you know that I believe that the entire anti-mask movement And the subsequent anti-vax movement is based on people feeling a little stupid putting yes. a mask on for the first That's time right. That's right. I also felt a little stupid the first time oh, I put a mask by the on way,
0: I am I with felt with you
1: I was like, this is weird. This is embarrassing. Then I just did it and I got over it. But I think some people cannot get over being told this thing that you feel a little stupid doing. It's like when you get a new uniform when you're a teenager and you work at like fucking Wiener schnitzel and you don't want to wear the hat. You know, you're talking about hot dog on a stick. Hot dog on a stick. Hot dog on a stick. Yeah. So I just had had to correct that. Yes. Yes. I only know it. I only know it from comic strips. Yeah, Weiner you don't, want to wear, you don't hot, wear a hat. You don't have to wear a hat. But so you don't want to wear the ha- hot dog on a stick hat and you're trying to take it off every time your manager's not looking and then put it on when your manager's looking. I think the it, same exact thing. I think the entire anti mask movement is people don't want to feel a little stupid about putting on a mask for the first time and they don't want to get over it. So they'll fucking throw a temper tantrum in Walmart and lay on the floor and let a security guard drag them out because they don't want to look stupid. This
0: is, this is back to the beginning of the podcast. You're afraid To talk to people about shitting blood because you don't (laughs) want to be embarrassed about it. You don't want to look stupid. When it's like, you just ate beets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't even know. like, that is... This is the crux of all of it, which is that we have created this bizarro world in which just being human is embarrassing and shameful, therefore... If you want to, you if you want to succeed, you have to like appear as if you know everything. You're smart enough. You're not shitting blood. Whatever you don't that have a you're body. You're invulnerable. You're yeah. invulnerable, and that is insane. That is insane. It's insane. These motherfuckers are insane, and it's just ego. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I love a person that's like, I was wrong. And let me say this, too. I'm going to say this right now. If it turns out that NFTs are Web three and all this bullshit (laughs) is like the wave of the future and essentially Reese Witherspoon is Al Gore, I will apologize. Okay? (laughs) Okay? I will. I will. I will say I'm fucking sorry. I will say, oh, my God, you guys are so embarrassing. I was wrong. But I don't think I am. <laughs> so anyway, let's listen to Matt Bender. <laughs> tell us about it. Euphoria, <laughs> euphoria, euphoria. Guys, I'm, you know I'm obsessed with euphoria. We've talked about it before. What's euphoria again? Oh, well, listen, Are you having the best sex of your life with or without someone? Well, if the answer is, I don't know, then you need phoria in your life. Um, The awaken arousal oil, the sex oil are perfect additions to sex, whether it's you, you and someone else, you and several else's. I don't know. I don't know your life, I don't know what you're into. Imagine the best orgasm or sex that you've ever had. And now imagine that that could be even better with products that were designed to naturally enhance sexual pleasure and give you access to bigger and better orgasms. Come on. Phoria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve Discomfort. They have a serious cult following. We've talked about this before. Tens of thousands of real people who've had their sex lives literally transformed through their products. This is a real testimonial. I love them so much. The real testimonials. I've read this one before, but you guys, I'm just, this is the one I'm picking again because I love it. My wife and I use the sex oil and Awaken and when she gets on top, we both come so hard that we see sounds and hear colors. Guys, don't know about you, but if your orgasm is anything less than seeing sounds, and hearing colors, then you need some foria in your life. The products are made to help women and people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure from heightened orgasms to more sexual comfort. And the best-selling Awaken Arousal Oil is the ultimate pleasure pre-game. It's like a little warm-up oil. It helps you get really turned on, increasing your pleasure, deepening your orgasms. Use together, Foria's Awaken Arousal Oil and the sex oil are the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So yes, guys, you have our permission to try it. Please try it. If you haven't already, I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself and have the best sex of your life, more deeper, fuller pleasure, wherever you can find it. And as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a very special deal for our listeners, 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You're going to thank me later and uh, honestly reach out to the pod because we want to hear your story. Hop water, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hop water, beep, 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 beep. Guys, I'm like, honestly, I'm over getting bloated from alcohol. And I do enjoy, though, a refreshing beverage at the end of my long days. And in the last week or so, I have been alternating out. Some nights I'll have my glass of wine, and then some nights. I'll have my hop water. It's so good. And it gives me like the same little like, boop, like I get a little treat. It's a little nice drink. I like it. It's a non-alcoholic sparkling hop water crafted with functional ingredients for added mood boosting benefits. And my God, don't we need those right now? I'm obsessed. I've put together the most delicious mocktails in the last couple weeks using hop water. The lime Flavor makes a perfect alcohol free michelada, which I did when we had nachos the other night. And there's also lots of different recipes on their website, on the Hop Water website. I mean, Hop Water, okay, so it's spelled H O P W T R. It's made from an exclusive blend of hops that give it a crisp, citrusy taste. It, there's no alcohol calories, carbs, or sugar, doesn't bust up your diet, doesn't leave you hungover, doesn't bloat you. And it's nice to have something that's not just like water at the end of the day. And also juice. Like for a minute, I was like making juice. Like I was drinking. (laughs) I know that sounds insane. was drinking juice, but it was just like so much sugar. There's so much sugar in in my kids, like orange juice and stuff. So I'm like, that's not working for me either. Anyway, you don't have to choose between having fun or feeling like you're just like sipping flat water in a corner. You're going to love hop water. It's honestly the healthy way to hops. This couldn't have come at like a better moment for me. And I really have been enjoying making these non-alcoholic sparkling beverages with hop water. So trust me, you're going to love hop water too. I really think you should try it out. And right now, our listeners can get the special offer 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping when you order 24 cans or more. Yes. To get this offer, go now to hopwater.com. That's H-O-P-W-T-R.com. And use our promo code BEST and you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. Don't wait. The offer won't last long. Go now to H-O-P-W-T-R.com and use promo code best.
1: Um okay. Well, are you, are you recording, Elizabeth? Elizabeth
0: is recording. Okay, great. Uh which is a, by the way a fair question. <laughs> Matt, you're on the East Coast as well, right?
2: I am, yes.
0: Okay, fantastic. Um just We're on the same time zone. That's all. That's why it's fantastic. (laughs) I'm just excited to be on the same time zone as you. Um, Okay. So, Matt Bender. (laughs) We do things pretty professionally around here. And I think you're going to like it. No. But, um, okay. So, Mike Bender has a (laughs) new... What am I saying? Why did I say Mike? Mike? You guys, I'm so fucking, I'm sorry. We've you're had okay. literally, I'm not doing great.
2: I'm not, <laughs> Matt, no, don't worry I'm not about doing it. great. There, and there the is core, a, There's like sorry. a Hollywood director named like Mike Binder. So maybe more oh, Mike really? Binder. So yeah, that might there's be where a you Mike get Mike
0: Binder. Your,
2: Mike Binder, yes.
0: That's right. That's there, right. there is a Mike Binder. You're correct. But you're Matt Binder and Matt, you've only recently come on upon my radar because i'm obsessed with the scam of celebrities and nfts being a celebrity who thinks nfts are a scam (laughs) i have found myself fascinated by a group by a large majority of celebrities who are now trying to foist these ugly fucking things upon me so you have a podcast called Doomed that's very successful, and your new podcast is literally about this very kind of subject. I mean, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and NFTs. Right. And it just launched. The I just listened to the second episode, so we're guys, get in now while it's hot. Get in if on the you, ground floor. You know what? That's <laughs> right. like what, like they say about Bitcoin and <laughs> NFTs, which is a which is a scam and a Ponzi scheme, but. <laughs> Matt's new podcast, Not a Scam Nor a Ponzi Scheme, wants nothing from you, but you can get in on the ground floor.
2: There you go. And it's called Scam Economy. So, I mean, it works perfectly. So, you can go to scameconomy.com and find where it is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And there you go. It's right there. People listen to
0: podcasts all over the place, but we only learn about NFTs apparently from Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton and Reese Witherspoon. So, Matt, I have to talk to you about this. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm fucking fascinated. First of all, we all know what, like... Well, no, maybe we don't all. But speculative investing is a thing. Like, that's a thing that I've, like, sort of known... I don't know a a lot about a lot of things because I don't come from money. I, like, have made a fair amount of money as an actor but I'm not rich, rich, like, you know, Reese Witherspoon rich. And, uh, and so, and so like speculative investing from my understanding, I'm just like, I'm bringing it down to the core for our people, the people that listen to our pod. Wait, my kid has a question. Yes, Birdie. What did you just say it again for everyone? Um,
1: Mr. Beast, who is... Who-
0: a very popular YouTuber. We've talked about it on, him on this
1: show, actually. Um, he, uh, one of his people that work for him, Chandler, is very into NFTs and buys a lot of NFTs. And he also invests a lot because of this guy, Gary Vee. And he was on a podcast with Logan Paul talking about it.
0: And, but, however...
1: However... It is undoing all of his. uh, (laughs) It is undoing a lot of his work, um, picking up trash from seas and planting trees, Um, and it's just contradicting his entire, like making the world a better place thing.
2: Damn, you don't even need me here. That's (laughs) hey Matt. Hey
1: Matt.
0: Welcome to the fucking next generation. (laughs) That makes me
2: very happy, honestly, because this is a (laughs) 13-year-old. So yeah, I mean, people who are hawking these NFTs are hoping that you know people like your 13-year-old are going to think that this is the future, this is the next wave of the internet. They're trying to uh, brand it as Web3, where this is going to be what takes over. It's not going to be about social media anymore or your favorite video website like TikTok or YouTube. They want you to buy these digital assets and for your wallet, where these digital assets live, for your wallet to be directly uh, connected to who you are online. Like, instead of logging into a website by, like, signing up and giving your email, they want you to go by your digital wallet everywhere. The new way to connect to all these Web3 platforms would be your wallet. And, like, to me... This is an example of, A, the commodification of every single thing you do online. Like, you know, the internet, when we think of the internet, I mean, sure, there's, you know, we have all these VCs and tech founders who made tons of money off of their various websites and apps and companies, but at its core, the internet's always been an open source of free knowledge for anyone to go online and find whatever they'd like at no cost other than paying for your, you know, your, your cable bill for your, you know, your internet. Um, But here they want everyone to be able to buy everything. They won't, they don't want you to just enjoy things anymore. They want video games to all be selling NFTs. Like, you know, you, you play a video game, Uh, you know, take Fortnite, for example, you go on there, you log in, you can play for free. If you want some specialty Fortnite clothes to make your guy look cool, yeah, it costs a few bucks, but anyone can pay that same amount to get those cool clothes for your Fortnite character. What the NFT world would like to do with people who are hawking this stuff and pushing Web3 and NFTs and crypto, they want say, this uh, extra cool outfit in Fortnite, they want that to be limited to only people who, uh, you know, a limited uh, run of, like, let's say 10 of these cool jackets for your Fortnite character, they're all $3,000, and then 10 people buy them who have the means to buy them, and then they get resold over and over again as speculative assets. And then, you know, playing games is no longer fun if you're in it to make money every single time. Like, imagine... Every hobby monetized in that way. It's just, that's not the internet we know. They want to literally change it so people of means basically run the show. Well, it's also just
1: like an exploded version of the real world where incredibly wealthy people will have things that you and I will not have, will never have.
2: Right, And and perhaps the most egregious of it all is that it's being sold, and this is crypto as a whole, it's being sold as this, You know this way, like you were saying before, to get in on the ground level for a whole generation of people who who feel like they've been left behind, and they're telling these people, this is for you to get, you know, uh, to lift yourself out of poverty. This is for you to if you're unbanked, if you don't have a bank account for various reasons, they're saying this is your, put your money into crypto. And there you go, you have a bank that's not beholden to, you know, the big banks, who of course are regulated and insured, and if anything happens to your money, the federal government make sure that that money is backed crypto that's none of it If someone hacks into your wallet that's gone there's no you know uh capital one or any bank to call and say hey i was gonna say
0: like yeah i was gonna say like even the benefit of just like for real american express (laughs) like if someone takes your number or something and spends two grand like american express will be like ah yeah, we got it. We it's cool. We'll take care of that. Like I don't know if they ever get that money back from the guy that spent it on postmates or whatever he did. You know what I mean? But like that's I don't know.
2: We don't no, that, we don't have a, that in crypto. That, that's exactly. And <laughs> also there's no there's no refunds. Uh there's no taking back like whatever goes on the blockchain. That's mm-hmm. it. Th- there's no editing it. Like that's why this whole technology from a technological standpoint, even the technology is so like bizarre that this is being seen as the future. Like we can literally do uh you know, visa. How many transactions do you think they run every minute? Probably tens of thousands, if not, hundreds of thousands or millions even. Whereas Bitcoin, Or on the Ethereum network, Ether, which is the the, uh, crypto on the Ethereum network, this stuff is so insanely slow because basically every transaction uh, basically goes in a block on this chain, the blockchain. And... When this happens, you basically have a bunch of people who are considered crypto miners. It's, it's all very complicated and it's done, it's done like this purposeful, but they basically compete to write that block on the chain by trying to solve these, mathemat- these mathematical equations first. And when they do that, they write the block on the chain and get rewarded in cryptocurrency. So there is a monetary incentive there for them to do this. And to do it faster, to do it faster, they have to have these high-powered graphic cards and processors. Right. And you, if, if you look at like people think like, oh, Bitcoin miners, what do they got? A bunch of little computers. No, we're talking like, st- like, like Amazon warehouse rooms full of just racks and racks of processing power that's taking up massive amounts of electricity just so these Bitcoin miners or any crypto miners can get a little bit of uh, crypto so they can the uh, write a block on the chain yes and they, you know they, okay. they it's obviously good for them because they're they keep spending money to do it and they're making money back so can okay, i it's my, not can but I, it's not good for the world it's not
1: good. Yes. And I want to try to make an analogy because this is all starting to sound like sci-fi. So crypto miners are basically competing to do the equivalent of like, say, minting a coin. Like if the United States let you mint your own coins and spend them, people are using all this computer equipment, electricity and natural resources to be like, yeah, this is my coin. I got to like get it out there. Right. Kind of? Right,
2: right, right. right. Okay. No, you you're 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 on the money here. Um, you know, it's it's so inc- like let's take NFTs for example. Uh, you know, and I think we should just put this up front. I don't even know if if most people really realize this. Those JPEGs of those bored apes or any they're other so fucking NFT ugly. But listen, here's the deal. When someone buys an NFT, they're not actually buying those images. That's right. What are they buying, Matt? They they are buying a token on the mm. blockchain. Literally a string of characters that gets mm-hmm. minted on the blockchain that literally points to the URL where mm-hmm. that JPEG or video file or music, audio file, whatever it is that they at the NFT they're buying, it's a URL. It's a, it's a token that points to the URL where that file lives. Right. And, uh, I mean, people don't seem to realize this no. because they think they're actually buying the equivalent of a painting. Um... Right. But he, the difference here is it's digital art, which means anyone could right-click it, copy it, and you get the same. Like this isn't like you know a painter paints and then they sell prints, but there is a physical difference between the original painting mm-hmm. and those prints. Here, there is no difference between a digital file. Once you right-click it, it's the same exact thing. But they are basically selling the receipt of your purchase right. on the blockchain. So you can just basically have the bragging rights to say that you bought that receipt right. to that JPEG.
0: And here's and here's where I want to just like all of the jargon aside. Because you guys, you really should listen to Scam Economy. I've only listened to the first two episodes. That's all right. Matt, only two episodes. By the way, <laughs> I found the first episode to be so informative and like mind blowing for a person who clearly knows very little about any of this shit. But I feel like could at any second be taken in by someone (laughs) to like (laughs) spend amount, an amount of money except for the fact that it's like clearly so cheesy that it makes me very skeptical. And like, I hate, I like actually love, art and i right i do casey don't make that face at me you're like you do love <laughs> art you do no, i really fucking yeah. love art and i of love course. artists and i love fucking musicians and i love the the shit they make and i am looking at board eight ape, ape yacht club and Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton. And I'm like, who's holding a gun to their head? And is it somehow Jeffrey Epstein? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what is happening. And it feels like everybody has been sort of like brainwashed and taken into this thing. And what was so genius is, who's the guest on your first episode?
2: What's his oh, name? Oh, David Gerard.
0: David Gerard says this thing pretty early up in the episode, which is like, it's the age-old get rich quick scheme and unfortunately it's like intersecting now with like celebrity and pop culture in a way that is deeply disturbing to me and so i a little bit want to ask you about this latest turn in the last several weeks of like the nft bros realizing that everyone fucking hates them right? right right and How did all of these celebrities get caught up in this literal scam?
2: Right. So when you talk about the NFT bros, you're actually, you know, you're, you're talking about a very small amount of people. That's the thing. That's why you know this whole thing is being propped up by people like VCs and other venture capitalists and, you know, tech people and, you know, entrepreneurs who like are totally into this. They found their thing, their get rich quick scheme. And you know they're pushing on everyone. When you there's been a, a recent study came in, actually It was published in the Financial Times that there are three hundred and sixty thousand people who oh, I should say three hundred sixty thousand wallets holding two point seven million NFTs, which is basically all the NFTs there are right now, at the time of this study. Of that those people, uh, thirty two thousand four hundred wallets hold eighty percent of the market value. So. We're basically hearing about all this stuff because of around 32,000 people who own the valuable, most of the valuable NFTs. And and I should even, and I want to say wallets again instead of people because we don't know How many actual people hold this stuff? Because they're stored in a wallet, and there's no limit to how many wallets an individual have. What we could really be looking at is, you know, uh, ten thousand people who each own three wallets holding NFTs. Like that's how small this market is. And, you know, Jimmy Fallon's on there on The Tonight Show talking to millions of people uh, about a, a thing that only 32,000 people are really into. It's, it's ludicrous. Like, I, you've, I've never seen this for okay. anything before.
0: But so we – I asked this question, and since you're an expert in this and know people who are experts too, what – regulations-wise, I had a late-night talk show and also I have worked with brands – for many years, like doing, going on Good Morning America, talking about my thing with whatever brand or whatever, posting on Instagram. What are the regulations in terms of Jimmy Fallon talking about this on his late night talk show, basically promoting a thing that he has invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in, like in a I, I, I don't know. Are there any regulations to these NFTs or Bitcoin? And also similarly, like on Twitter and Instagram, I've seen all of these. This is how it's like obviously come to my attention. All of these, you know, celebrities posting their ladies, let's just get together and learn about Bitcoin. There's millions to be made ladies. Right. And we got to right. join the thing. And as a right. fucking white feminist trying to do better, I'm like, wait, wait, wait! I think this might be bullshit, guys. Hold up, hold it's, up, hold up! It's
2: it's like digital Lululemon. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's, they're selling. It, it, I mean, look, look, here's the deal. Like when when you when when you buy something from someone, whether it be you, you buy something from a company, it's a pro, you buy a product or a service. The transaction happens. You give the money. They give you the product or service. Transaction ends there. When it comes to crypto. NFTs, anything we're talking about in this space. That's that's not where the transaction ends because no one buys a Bitcoin to have a Bitcoin. You can't do anything with a Bitcoin. The value of a Bitcoin, why you buy a Bitcoin is the hope that the value of the Bitcoin ends up being higher than the amount you spent for it. And then you in turn sell it to someone who thinks the same And then you get, you know, you make a profit off of it and that next person you sell it to hopes that they too can do that. It is essentially a Ponzi scheme because you can only cash out when someone else wants to cash in at a higher price. And then eventually those people will want to cash out at a higher price than they sold. And they're not going to, it'll keep going and going and going till there's a point where you got someone who paid so much that there's no one who wants to pay a higher price. So then they sell at a loss. And right. when, it, when it comes to the crypto market, uh, you know, let's take Bitcoin because it is the one that basically the whole market goes by. When Bitcoin goes up, the entire crypto market goes up. When Bitcoin goes down, the entire crypto market goes down. Everything's pegged to Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin is backed by something. Um, Bitcoin is mainly purchased uh, by something called a stable coin because, uh, essentially, when you put your money into one of these um, these uh, you know crypto trading platforms like Coinbase, you your money sits there. If it sits in as Bitcoin or Ethereum, or any of the other these cryptos it go you know it ebbs and flows so much that you know you don't want to put oh, you know $1000 in there and the next day you go to inv- actually invest in something and it's now worth you know 800 for just sitting there so you in- you put your money in something called a stable coin which is supposed to be pegged uh you know let's take tether which is the big stable coin tether is supposed to be pegged to the US dollar One tether is supposed to equal one U.S. dollar, and they're supposed to have this backed. For every tether they print, they're supposed to have a dollar in the bank. And, you know, they claimed this for a long time, and then it became very weird because all of a sudden, tether will randomly print up, you know, a hundred million tether when Bitcoin's going down, and all this tether would flow into the market to buy up these Bitcoin to pump up the Bitcoin price again, and people would go wait a minute, there's no way the company printing up this Tether actually just got like a hundred million in US dollar to just print up all this Tether. Well, you know, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, basically filed a lawsuit and they, uh, they end up settling with Tether. But we found out that that's not that. In fact, is not the case. Tether does not actually have the the you know the one for one U.S. dollar backing they claim to have. What they have is a bunch of IOUs. So when you talk about ah, a two, it's
0: the Big Short. <laughs> it's the Big Short all over again. Except instead of fucking houses and unsecured loans and whatever and the federal. Whatever that was, the government and the housing market and the big banks, it's these fucking bros and their fake fucking money.
2: Right, right. I mean, here's the thing people talk about Bitcoin as like they talk about the $2 trillion. That's exactly right. Because they talk about the $2 trillion like crypto market. But if everyone who has crypto right now wanted to cash in, that's not, there's not $2 trillion sitting there to go out to everybody because the cash equivalent isn't there. It's just, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You know what this reminds
1: me of? When your school would make you sell chocolate bars when you were in school for like a fundraiser, and then you like fucking eat like 16 of the chocolate bars because you're like, you just eat one and then you eat another one, and then the next thing you know, 16. Casey, we know how it happens. Yeah. And then (laughs) you have to come up with that $16. To pay the chocolate bars back when the school says the money's due. But so what do you do? And what do you do if the school says you owe the chocolate bar money tomorrow and you don't got it?
2: Right. Right. I mean, that's, you know, when when we, we, I mean, that's a great analogy, honestly. Yes. Um, You know, Here's the thing. When when people people talk about all the time when you when you mention this stuff's a scam, they'll say to you like, "Oh well, well, I made money off of this." Well, yeah. What do what do you think a scam is? People make money from scams all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's why people do them. And when you when when you when you buy a bitcoin or buy a, 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 a percentage of a bitcoin or any crypto, and you sell and make money. Again, there, there's no company here with revenue. There's no company here who has a profit from creating a something of some utility, you know, any sort of product or service, food, right. uh, entertainment, anything that you know people you know, people you know purchase. What we have is basically you buy something which in turn you sell and your mm. winnings come from the people who are going to end up losing their money if they don't find someone to in turn pay more than they did like bitcoin profits you're talking about money you're taking from people who are going to end up selling at a loss okay
0: but is it wrong to want jimmy fallon to lose all of his
2: money on that ape now, here's the thing. We don't, I mean, did Jimmy Fallon actually buy the ape? That's, that's my that's question.
0: That's the fucking question, Matt. This is why I'm asking you, who is giving these fucking NFTs to all these celebrities?
2: Now, now we, we don't, we don't know. Well, let's get into the Jimmy Fallon thing first. Okay. So, so it's, it appears, it appears that, um, you know, and, and this is, not, this is your area of expertise here. But also, can I be, these- can
0: I be real with you, Matt? Sure. He makes so much fucking money. <laughs>
2: yeah, he does.
0: So, like him spending $200,000 on that horrible looking address on a blockchain, like I guess, like I could right. actually see maybe if somebody that he trusts is like you should do this thing, put the put your 200 grand into this, okay? Right. Maybe.
2: Right. Right, maybe no, for sure, for sure, you know. But the the issue for me though is, you know, when you talked about the on your, the last episode of the show, I believe uh, your show, I believe it was, you talked about that Paris Hilton Jimmy Fallon uh, clip, terrifying. And it is it is uh, stunning to watch. But like, here's the thing: could you imagine that conversation about mutual funds no. or penny stocks, like? No. No celebrity, or really anyone with any TV time in their right mind, would go on the air like that and start offering financial advice, or even bring up something they've invested in like or, that. Or
0: Matt, how about this? Or even like old comic books that they right. that they both collected. Right. It's which is it's, actually it's like weird. a tangible thing that you could hold, yeah, and like holds yes. meaning to you. Right. Right. But That still wouldn't be a thing you would talk about.
2: Right, right. They basically went on, and you could tell they had no idea what they're talking about because we just discussed what the NFT actually is. It's it's the token. It's the token. And we end up on the show talking about the images, these pictures of the apes and how it looks just like Paris Hilton when it looks nothing like Paris Hilton. I was really looking
0: for one that looked just like me.
2: Right, right. I mean it's it's the, you know, Jimmy Fallon doing this is 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 honestly worse than all the times he broke on NS, on SNL and ruined all the jokes. <laughs> I mean, ah! it's it's so unbelievably it's sinister agree- what he does. I think it's a yeah, yes, absolutely. And here's the thing, like they clearly had no idea what they're talking about. And, and here's the really funny thing. NFTs are supposed to be this digital, you know, buy, uh, you know, support digital art and everything. How did they, uh, how did they present their NFT uh, images, by the way? They fucking printed them out. They, they printed them, them out. And they held them up.
0: Like, can and you they believe- held them the fuck yes. up. Yes. Yes. I was saying the same thing. Like, guys, I feel like this
2: is totally missing the point. Right, right. I mean, they could have grabbed a tablet, like an iPad or something and held. No, they printed them out. Completely defeats the purpose that supposedly we're supposed to be selling here. That it's finally a way to like appreciate digital art. What'd you do with it? I printed it out. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. But like when they're talking about they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, they're talking about the actual images. Uh, and, you know, if you look into this, so many of these celebrities, and, and they, again, this is where your area of expertise would be, and there's so many that were backed by, you know, the creative artist agency, the CAA. Sure. And, um, we call
0: it the Death Star in Los <laughs> Angeles. There we go. I don't know if you've seen the building itself, but they built their building and it looks like the fucking
2: Death Star. <laughs> I did not know that. There oh, you go. yeah. Well,
0: when next time you come to L.A., you can see it.
2: <laughs> and, you know, and there's the Death Star behind all of these celebrities. And you look further into this and CAA has an investment in OpenSea, which has pretty much become the NFT marketplace. Right. This is where the majority of these NFTs are being bought and sold. Um, which also, I should say, a majority of NFTs uh, that OpenSea have minted are actually uh, stolen images and stolen media. They actually had to uh, come out and admit that 80% of the things that are minted with their NFT tool are being minted by people who do not who do not own the copyright or ownership of this art. Like literally, people are steal- stealing artists' work. And minting them as NFTs and putting them up on, putting them up on OpenSea. And OpenSea, they they did at one point sort of start taking this stuff down, and they probably do randomly now, depending on how big the the person is. But they also just started being like you know we can't it's too much it's too much it's it's too much of this shit is just stolen art we can't control it yeah i mean so let
1: me ask a question are there no consequences for because okay here's the thing if you're michael jordan and you make a new shoe you can go on ellen and talk about like hey these are my new jordans and everyone should buy them and that is like that's promoting a product that Mm-hmm. That exists right. and people can buy those shoes. But does this get into like manipulating a market and do, it, are there no consequences because we don't have the language for it yet?
2: Right. There, there is there is basically no regulation in this space. Like the trading platforms like Coinbase and the various platforms that sort of act like a financial institution, they do have to follow you know certain regulatory obligations that were written up. For banks, like traditional banks, but in terms of like the manipulation of the market and basically the laundering of money via this stuff, there are no specific regulatory uh, rules for any of this. Um, NBC, for example, has a policy where, uh, like a, a internal company policy, where you know their employees cannot. Shill their own you know investments that would in turn uh, help them gain in value on their programs and people brought this up to NBC after that Paris Hilton Jimmy Fallon interview and they said no that's not the equivalent because I'm assuming they don't even view this stuff as a a, a, a um a commodified asset but it is it it is that's all this is no one is buying this stuff uh, as a you know to look at the pretty picture because. Again, you're not owning the pretty picture, and you can right-click and save it on your desktop and do whatever you want with it for free. You are essentially buying a token on the blockchain connected to the URL that points to that picture, and because of the insanity of this market, you're hoping that that token's value will go up based on the brand of the NFT, and you'll make money off of it.
0: Right. Okay. I'm just going to interrupt you for two seconds.
2: Sure. Go (sighs)
0: This is the only thing I can, like, think of. The idea of in New York airspace, like, buying airspace, right? Like, right. that's... Okay, do you guys know about this? Like, basically, in New York, at a certain point, and I don't know if it was, like, Donald Trump's family or Robert Durst or some other fucking psychopath's family that figured out that buildings went up to a certain point, but that the... And so somebody owned that building up to floor 10. But what about from what would be floor 11 to like floor 100? Who owns that? And so they started purchasing that space, the airspace, correct? Right. This is my understanding.
2: Right. A speculative uh, real estate
0: fucking shenanigans. Right. And that is how a lot of real estate moguls in New York City made their fortunes was by buying things that didn't exist yet with the hope that it would exist in the future. And so these idiots are either purchasing or being given and then shilling in the hopes that this URL on a blockchain is, is the equivalent to like, Floors eleven through thirty in New York City. When right. in fact, what is it equivalent to?
2: Anything? I mean, see, even even your analogy is is doesn't is really not, work.
0: Is, because, right? yeah, it's the air space is because airspace is useful. It's useful. It's, this what does all, this do? This URL right, and also
2: the utility of the building is that eventually it will. House people and right. provide a shelter in, an, sure. in exchange for rent or or whatever. Um, there's no utility here. It, there's no utility here whatsoever. It's literally a way for people of means to make money, and for them to continue to make money, they need to get uh, the the you know the 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 commoners. The peons Us? to buy into this too, and then when enough people By saying, do that,
0: hey, hey ladies, let's get in on this. We've missed too much already of cryptocurrency, right. yes. gals. Yes, hop yes. on board. Yes, exactly. Fuck and, you, that. And, you'll,
2: and, and you'll see this continue throughout too. They'll say, oh, um, what about all the you know the 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 immigrants or people in poverty who can't you know put their money in banks because they can't reach the the you know the minimum and the limit amount or whatever. Well, it's like. If you care about that, then you should be supporting something like, I don't know, postal banking, where anyone can cash their money at, you know, there's a there's a, a movement to basically have banks, pro, uh, excuse me, po- the post office provide banking services, which would be fantastic. Allow it should a lot be libraries,
0: people- by the way. It should be libraries, or, not, yeah. not post offices, but whatever. <laughs> sure. It should be. libraries. Libraries yeah. do everything, and they should be able to provide banking services. You can get your— I mean whatever. I have a lot <laughs> to say about libraries. They're the greatest places on earth. But It could be um, both. The, right. It, we could have but both. the li sure. The library is the great democratisation. That is like the promise of whatever this country built on lies is. It it right. it the core of it to me right. is a fucking public library. But
2: whatever. I, no, I mean, really anything that, that provide any institute, any public institution that provides something for the greater welfare of the people. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's just the point of what our government's supposed to do. It's supposed to take care of everybody, provide services that should be a basic right for everybody. And, you know, if you think banking is part of that which i agree then you would think that's the route to go but here's the thing the vcs and the entrepreneurs can't make money off of that so they sell cryptocurrency wallets as the way for the unbanked to put their you know to, to have their money somewhere where they can access of course not paying attention to the fact that this stuff ebbs and flows all the time and how any as you know someone can hack into these people's wallets or if they forget their wallet code it's gone forever it, they can never gone. access that money. Yeah. It's not like uh, you go to a you know your bank's website and click forgot password and they'll send you a new one. You forget the passcode for your wallet. That's it. Everything you have in there well, is I'm, gone well, forever. I'm already out. I'm already out
0: because <laughs> right. everyone knows I can't remember a goddamn passcode to <laughs> save my life. You would lose a lot of money. Ooh, Bev. Ooh, Bev. Now, you know, We started the pod today. I was cracking open my Bev. You know how much we love Bev. You know how much I love Bev. I don't even need to sell you on it. You know what Bev is because of me. If you haven't tried Bev yet, that's on you. Why is it my favorite canned wine brand? It's female founded. You know how I like to support the ladies. My favorite varietal is the sparkling rosé. I will drink a can of that sparkling (laughs) rosé. Anywhere, anytime, if you if you see me on the street and you run up to me and hand me a Bev Sparkling Rosé, I will say thank you so much, and I will open it. I love it. It's great for bringing to like gatherings, parties. Great for gifting. Share with your friends. Listen, most importantly, it's nice. It's nice. Zero sugar, three carbs. 100 calories per serving, little fizzy, super refreshing, delicious. And I don't have to open like a huge bottle of wine. Anyway, I'm obsessed. I've gotten every... My mom had (laughs) the fridge stocked with Bev's in Arizona when I came home. Bless her heart. She knows. She knows what I like. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Barb Phillips, for supporting the podcast (laughs) and Bev. Listen, I had two (laughs) during the recording of the podcast. Get two-day shipping straight to your door. Shipping's always free. I've worked out a special deal. They love us. They love you guys. Receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. We suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Variety Pack, Ladies' Night Variety Pack, and you can check out all their delicious varietals. But you know, my favorite, and maybe it's just because I'm, you know, I am who I am, guys. But my favorite is the sparkling rosé. Anyway, go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. Bev can also be found at retailers nationwide now, including Target, Total Wine, BevMo, and more. But if you order it online, I get credit and I want credit. I love you. Athletic greens. Guys, not a joke. So I'm living in this building now, you know, and there are other people in the building. And uh, I came home the other day and I saw my athletic, my AG1 box waiting for me in the lobby where the mailboxes are and grabbed it and went up to my apartment. And it was not for me, it was for somebody else in my building because AG1 is so delicious and so fantastic. Everybody wants to get some. I had to go back downstairs and drop it back off so that I didn't steal it from that guy because that would have not been very neighborly of me. But I'm loving my athletic greens. I was feeling kind of gross uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, I was talking about it on the podcast and it's it was hard for me. And the next day I made myself a morning smoothie. It tastes so good. You could just do it with water, which some people do. I do enjoy like a little protein smoothie vibe. And I'm not even kidding you. I did that for three days and I felt like a different person. More energy, better gut health, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, and it helps you start your day right. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially because we still are in this like cold and flu season, guys. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different little pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance AG1. I love it so much and don't steal it from your neighbors.
1: Matt, can I ask you a question? Because people that I know that are really very, very smart. And people that I know who are artists are trying to participate in this. And what I've heard from them is like, yes, there's like all that celebrity stuff going on and that's what everybody's talking about, but that's not the real story here. The real story here is that this is a way to, like you were saying, lift people out of poverty. It's a way for artists who had no way of making a living before to make a living. But that doesn't make sense to me because if they're not the the art that's being plugged and and pursued, if they're not the hot art, no one's gonna buy it anyway, right?
2: Like, right, right. I mean, they're basically uh, you know putting their hopes on the fact that their 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 art's gonna somehow go viral and uh, they'll be the brand that everyone wants to invest in. And here's the thing too, like you know, if you if you're an artist, you know, I, I get the struggle of artists. I totally understand that, but like no one is investing in your art. No one cares about your art. They just care about the branding hype around whatever the big NFT project is in hopes that they'll cash in on that investment. Like, I get the point of wanting to make money, but like, is this how you want to do it? Like, like every, for every, every NFT that is minted on the Ethereum blockchain, which is the main uh, network where the major- the vast majority of NFTs are minted, for every minted NFT that takes up the same energy consumption that runs the entire electricity of a home in California for a week.
0: That's Okay, that's, wait, that's just say insanity. that one more time. I'm going to Oprah so, you. I need you yes, to repeat that yes. for me one more time.
2: The amount of energy consumed in minting one F- NFT is the equivalent of the same amount a household in California consumes in one week. Well, so when you're when you're when you're when your kid was talking uh, about how wasteful this is, I mean, they were spot on.
0: Well, also what's so fucking crazy, and Bertie was not in my airpods earlier tonight, listening to episode two of uh, Scam Economy, your podcast, uh, is that you guys talk about Mr. Beast and how they sort of like Mr. Beast I and mean, is it is it Logan Paul? I don't know these guys. Logan Is Paul, Lo- yeah. Logan Paul kind of yeah. like let the cat out of the bag about yeah. what a fucking scam it was, on, like maybe right. on accident kind of?
2: Yeah, it, I mean, unless they like admitting to their fans that they took part in market manipulation. I mean... Who knows? but to me, it did seem unintentional. They're on they're on I don't know if it was their podcast or or they were just talking on a live stream or something, but this is on YouTube for anyone to watch. Logan Paul and Mr. Beast are discussing how uh, one day Gary V, who's this big uh you know, one of those like like uh you know, the crush yeah. hustle vC guys like yeah. you know you're not you're not working hard enough if you're taking the weekends off guys, one of those guys. knew
0: who Mr. V was.
2: Gary, Gary, v. Gary v. v. Oh, Gary, v. Mr. Gary. V. Yeah. So, no, so Mr. Bait yeah. Beast
0: and Gary V. But Birdie right. was like Birdie mentioned that guy by name, yeah, my thirteen-year-old, right? Because right.
2: okay. he's he he's he's like this 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 tech guy who's invested in a lot of different companies, but he's also made a name for himself as one of those like inspirational entrepreneur types. Like you got to get out there and life is about making money. Um, and so he is, you know, he basically goes so, um Mr. Beast and Logan Paul live on their, you know, on YouTube are talking about how one day Gary Vee gives them a call and gets about 30 other people in total on the same phone call and tells them all, hey, you guys have to buy into CryptoPunks right now. CryptoPunks is basically the 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 first big NFT project. They're all like those like 8-bit digital like people art, you know, you might have seen. It's like they're all like – they look like they're in like an old Nintendo game. They just like a still image of a, a guy with a mohawk or like – it's just even, you know, cooler concept maybe than the apes. Doesn't
0: sound much cooler, just FYI. <laughs> up- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so they're like this first big NFT uh, project that went big. And they're like the first one that actually people started making tons of money off of. And Gary Vee, apparently, according to Logan Paul and Mr. Beast, called uh, 30 people up one day, including the two of them, and said, you guys need to invest in cri- CryptoPunks right now. We're getting in right now. And so they say, okay, so we bought CryptoPunks. And Mr. Beast says he bought multiple ones. I think he said eight. And then... Lo and behold, what happens? The price of CryptoPunks skyrockets. And then they end up selling off all their CryptoPunks and then putting the money into Gary V's NFT project. I mean, the odds of, you know, a bunch of people with lots of money all getting into this at the same time and pumping up the price of CryptoPunks, it's not something that would happen without... What they did on this call, Gary Vee basically telling them all to buy this stuff now to pump up the price and then go ahead and sell it off later to then put into his own project. And so just you know, to make another analogy,
1: it's kind of like – like if I bought a Volkswagen – And then let a famous person like say I got Brad Pitt to drive it a mile down the street and park it if somebody was willing to like buy it for four times as much as I paid for it because Brad Pitt drove it and it's on a new street.
2: Right. But here's the thing, too. Like. You can still sold. get a car. They, 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 yeah, you, yeah yes, they, yes, that yes. too. That too. Yes. But you think they, they sold it to somebody, ostensibly thinking that the price was just naturally going up. Crypto punks were taking off, not realizing there was this manipulation in the market. The
0: reason why the crypto punks went up is because they all bought them.
2: Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I don't exactly. think,
0: like, I don't think Mr. Beast thought I'm contributing to the inflation of this. I think because maybe I'm giving Mr. Beast too much credit or... You love
1: Mr. Beast.
0: You guys, I really love Mr. Beast, okay? (laughs) Just everybody take it easy. I know a few things from having teenagers. And one of them is that I really do like those videos that Mr. Beast does. Hate the Paul brothers. Fucking can't stand a lot of those motherfuckers. But I really do like Mr. Beast. But anyway, but it could stand to reason to me... That because also celebrities are idiots. You know what I mean? I do know that. Right. And it could stand to reason that they would be like, hot tip, we're gonna get these things, we're gonna get in while the getting's good, not realizing that they're the ones that are now manipulating the mark the price to go up because they've all put their money in at the same
2: fucking time.
0: Being right, manipulated right. by this guy.
2: Right. Like, I don't... Listen, I don't don't know what they knew or if they even... They said it publicly on their stream. Wait, like, why would
0: you say it? Why would you say that publicly? That is so wild to me if Martha Stewart... (laughs) Exactly, You know, Martha Stewart, like, went to jail, essentially, because someone called her and was like, you should probably remove... Like your fifteen thousand dollars. That's what the, the craziest thing about the Martha Stewart thing is to me is that it was like not that much money, but like you like that stock. This it was it wasn't. I mean, no, I fifteen thousand no, dollars. I know is a lot of money, but, mean lot, like but in no, the scheme the, the, of yeah, But I right. s- also in like the scheme of like uh of like white collar crime. Right. Like right. W- you know billions of dollars is what people are normally talking about, and it was like. A few thousand dollars she had in some stock and someone with an inside track called and was like, you should pull your money out because that's not going to pass the FDA approval. So she pulled her money out and then got slammed, right? So right. these guys getting this tip from Gary Vee is almost, I mean, the inverse of it, kind of. Right.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Sort of. Like, here's the thing that, like, when, when they when they come out and say this stuff, they've already sold off their CryptoPunks or whatever. So, like, you know, by the time their fans get this information, it's like, wait a minute. Like, what if I bought into it because I saw the price rising, not knowing it was rising because you guys were working behind the scenes to all manipulate this, yeah, and I see after it, you know as it's rising, I go, oh look, Mr. Beast bought eight CryptoPunks. I'm gonna get a CryptoPunk too, and then I buy in. Way more than what uh, Mr. Beast bought in for. And then he's selling off, basically cashing in with my, the fans, money. And then you got all these people selling off their CryptoPunks to then go ahead and buy into Gary Vee's project. Is the price of CryptoPunk going up or down? I mean, I don't know. But it could have very well dropped based on the sell-off. That's how. That's how, you know... All this stuff usually works, you know, when a bunch of whales who are essentially people who would own the most of, let's say, you know, the majority of like Bitcoin or Ether or an NFT project, when a bunch of them sell off, that usually tanks the value of it because it essentially takes that liquidity out of the market there and no one's in its place to spend that money. It's 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 amazing that this stuff happens. Here's another great example, because you you meant we were talking before about um, who bought Jimmy Fallon's Bored Ape. We don't know that right now, but we do know who bought Justin Bieber's board ape. And it wasn't Justin Bieber. You might have heard recently, it was all over the, you know, everywhere online that Justin Bieber got into bored apes. He bought a he invested in a board ape. What really happened was. He, Justin Bieber basically co-founded this, uh, this clothing company with somebody and the co-founder of that clothing company raised this money based on, you know, the, the actual business and all of a sudden sends about half the money they raised to Justin Bieber's wallet for him to then in turn spend, I think it was about $2 million on this bored ape. And just did he Bieber's- say it?
0: Did he say that he bought it because it looked like
2: him? I don't know, actually. Oh, I think he did because it was like it was like a sad, like it was an ape with tears in his eyes and just he was like, right. a feel in the mood or something like that. I can't and, I cannot and, I cannot. but 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 here's the thing. It gets even it gets even more egregious. Maybe that's the word of the podcast, this episode you know egregious. So basically, why did he do this? why, why What's the point of spending this money that you guys fundraised? Uh, sending it to Bieber? So he can buy this board ape. Well, the point was, Justin Bieber's clothing co-founder also has his own NFT project. And on the same day that Justin Bieber bought that board ape for way more than the the board ape already has a ridiculous value. Justin Bieber spent even more than the ridiculous value of a board ape for his board ape. Um, so the to get all this press. And why did he get all this? Why did they want to get all this press? The same day, Justin Bieber also bought all of these NFTs from his buddy's NFT project, and then made one of those NFTs from his buddy's project his profile image. I mean, this whole thing about making it all their profile image is
0: highly I, disturbing and also cringy <laughs> to me. Mostly, cr- honestly, Matt, mostly cringy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, Matt, let me ask you this. What do you sure. think is gonna happen?
2: I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I I never speculate about an incoming crash or anything like that because we've seen how long these things can go. Like Bernie Madoff ran his Ponzi for like 17 years.
0: Is this um, like the housing bubble, though? A little bit?
2: A little bit. A little ex- bit in terms ex- of just no houses. There's no housing. Yeah, that's that's there's there's they will take back. They will take back your board ape though. (laughs) Right. right, right. Well, that that's that's another thing that I, I haven't mentioned yet. Like these images live on a URL, and the NFT, the token that you purchase on the blockchain, like your proof of purchase, your receipt, points to that URL. If that URL goes down, though, the NFT, the token. No longer points to the image because the image isn't there anymore. Like right. this this whole thing is built on such a pile of bullshit. I mean, it's it's just stunning to see people spend money on this. And here's the thing: like, I know the people who are spending money right now, for the most part, on these NFT projects. Like, if you're spending, if you're buying a board ape, you already got money to waste, in my opinion. But it's the proliferation of this stuff in trying to make it seem mainstream. Like, I don't care, like you said, Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton got money to waste. I don't care that they bought Bored Apes. What bothers me is they're going on the Tonight Show and promoting right. it to everyday people. I mean, they're essentially scamming their fans. I mean, they think so yes. lowly of their fans. They don't mind making a buck off their back. And this isn't like marketing a product. Like, yes, there are like FTC rules where, you know, when you promote a product, you know, you do need to say it's an advert, which, you know, if they had done the same thing with an NFT, it, that, that you know, but with a, a makeup line or whatever, they would have been, you know, ruining, you know, uh, violating those rules too. But um with those natural, like uh, those previous, like the traditional way you would market a product or service. You get something in return. If you don't like it, if it ends up being a, a load of bullshit, you can get a refund. You can bring it back to the store, whatever you need to do. There, There's nothing here like that. This is an investment that's being promoted without any of the oversight, without any of the warning that this is essentially, we're essentially giving you financial advice without Following any of the rules, of fin- of giving someone financial advice, I mean, you should not be getting into this stuff because Jimmy Fallon or Paris Hilton told you to. Should be getting into or, this stuff at all? In my right. in my opinion, this,
0: I mean, my opinion is with is the same as your opinion, especially now after listening to your first two episodes of your podcast. So I do feel like I'm an expert <laughs> now, but um, but I, I, I guess for me. Here's here's the part that's like a little bit tricky, right? Matt and I think is interesting and worth discussing. Sure. That first of all we like it's whatever. Capitalism is as it is. But right. and part of living and trying to survive in the arts is that you have to make certain concessions. If you want to be on a television show, you have to understand that it's probable that during your television show an ad may run <laughs> for a product that maybe you don't agree with the ethos of the brand or whatever but like those are the breaks like you want to you want to be in this creative endeavor you want to make money doing it in a commercial way like you have to make those uh Oh, my God. What's the word, Casey? Concessions. 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 Thank you. Also, Matt, did you say it at the same time? We did. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for (laughs) being there for me. Both of you. But anyway, you have to make those concessions, right? And like as sort of the Internet has expanded in the way that it has and um, certainly social media has, there have been all of these other ways to monetize Ourselves as commodities, right? And, you know, some sort of more organic and altruistic in nature that have ended up being billion dollar industries. Like, for instance, I'm Jessica Alba's Honest Company, which literally was born out of, I know Alba. We had kids around the same time. And I remember you couldn't get a fucking organic diaper to save your life. You just couldn't. It didn't exist. <laughs> you had to order them. You had to You had to go. There was one store in Los Angeles you could go to to get like organic shit for your baby. And right. she saw this thing, this opportunity, found a business person to partner with and started this corporation. And after that happened and the internet social media sort of exploded, lots of celebrities saw an opportunity to, like, not have to have their uh, financial future tied into uh, being, you know, an, a paid-for-hire person as a, an artist, a, a paid Performer. For, a yeah. performer. Right. So there were all of these different ways to do that. And this seems to me... To be coming along at like sort of like a peak and like the worst possible moment of everybody's like vulnerabilities, especially people in this country who've really struggled for the last two years. Right. And along comes this like get rich quick scheme to people who've already made more money than they probably should have doing something pretty dumb I'm sorry it's just true what we do I'm talking about actors guys right it's just stuff I you know what I mean (laughs) and and they're now like trying to sell this thing off to the fans that love them and the people that follow them and think like oh these are incredible people who are like business people and like know about this shit and maybe I should also get into this thing because this is probably going to be the future. If this person says this is the future, they were right about polka dot scarves. So maybe they're right about this. Right. I don't know what I'm saying, Casey. No. But ew- all I'm no, but you- is that like I'm concerned. I am concerned and I find it deeply unsettling and, and an ethical and moral... Like fucking,
2: uh, breaking point. Breaking point. Yeah. Breaking no, you're point you're exactly you're exactly on point here. I mean, the idea that you know, listen, like like you said, all different celebrities, whatever they they all monetize themselves. They build a brand, whatever. They sell. Again, we we'll go back in the system we live in. You know, we we go beyond that and talk about how capitalism sucks or whatever. But in the system we live in. When we buy a product or a service and we get what we bought in return, that's the end of transaction. I pay for a product, I get the product. Everyone goes home happy. I paid for the labor you you put into buying the product or ser- uh, creating the product or service, and you know that's the end of transaction. That's not the end. I said this before, but the, I want to really you know harp on this. That's not the end of the transaction here. Like Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon's fans are not going to. Go online. The majority of people are not going to go online and go, I'm going to buy a $400,000 board ape. Right. They're not. But they're going to go, NFTs are the future. And they're going to look into an NFT project that's more in line with their financial situation in hopes of getting rich quick. And so they might a, buy a $2,000 NFT and, yes. with
1: like, the hopes that, like, well, maybe this won't ever reach a million dollars. But if Jimmy Fallon's Bored Ape quadruples and he makes a million dollars, I might get $8,000 with my $2,000.
2: Right, right. And, and one of two things will happen. One is that they'll buy this, NF- this, this lower end NFT project that hasn't blown up and has hype around it and they won't be able to resell it. And there goes that money, period. Right. Uh, that's scam A. That's the big scam that I've been talking about this whole time. But then there's scam B. The actual full-blown scams under the scam economy. Like the board eight people... Uh, the people who founded the Board Apes, it's clear at this point they actually uh, want to run this thing. They actually wanted to build a brand and make money. They weren't looking to like put out a bunch of apes, have the initial people buy in and go, sayonara, suckers. They're actually trying to build a business within the broader scam economy of crypto. But there's plenty of people uh, who put together, hobble together their own fly-by-night crypto uh, currency or NFT project with the intent to just get as much money in that limited window of a few days, a few weeks, into their uh, current, their cryptocurrency or their um, NFT project, quickly as possible, and then as soon as they make enough money that they're happy with. Project they, they tank their own project and run away with all the funds. It's happened numerous numerous times with cryptocurrency. Usually, what happens is someone puts out some sort of meme coin, uh, like a like a Doge like coin, Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a like a Doge coin copy. Um, they try to like hop on whatever a big meme is, sell it as this is the future coin, get in now. They get like five hundred thousand dollars worth of people jumping into this coin. And then because they're running the show here, they keep most of the tokens for themselves. So as soon as it hits, as soon as the per token value hits a price where they're going to cash out and make half a a million dollars, they go, oh, I'm happy. I'm not going to see where this goes. I'm out. They sell off all their tokens, taking everyone's money and leaving all the people who invested holding the bag of worthless tokens that are now worth .00001. Um, that's what happens in the crypto world. With the NFT world, we've seen these NFT projects come out. They actually go ahead and create, get art created and they mint the NFTs. They have people to buy in. And then all of a sudden project just shuts down completely. The NFT project owner just runs away with the funds.
0: Hmm. And, and then where do the board apes go? I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But guys, like, are can, they, just- but are they are they still bored?
1: (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh. And does one, and does one look like me? (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Wait, something that we haven't talked about because you're talking about the sure. board ape guys, the guys that started board ape. There was an article this week that sort of like outed them. It, it identified them and named them. And um, Buzzfeed, pe- right? Bu- Buzzfeed, I believe. Yeah, Buzzfeed scooped me. it. Yeah, right. And named they, the two guys that started. And they're just like regular guys. They're just like entertainment-y guys or whatever they do. Um, and people who are into crypto and NFTs were really upset that their identities were revealed. Because part of the allure for some people is that everything is an anonymous, and they're saying right. that that provides some type of equality. What, but what struck me is like if if you have no identity on the blockchain, then your wealth becomes your identity. The amount of wealth you possess is your identity.
2: Yes, that's what they that's essentially what they want. That that is legitimately what they want. They want and, and when I say they, I mean the people who've already made tons of money from this. And again, VCs. What what this whole industry basically is, is a bunch of VCs upset They're not the ones at the head of the table of the old financial structure of, like, the big banks and the mega conglomerates. They're pissed that they're just billionaire VCs who don't have the power of the old money of the banking institutions. Which, by the way, nobody's
1: a fan of old banking
2: institutions or whatever. They suck, too. Yes, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole ridiculousness of this all. If we want to build a better world, something better than the system that already sucks, why are we going with a system that sucks just as much?
0: And and sucks in new ways, like it's terrible for the environment.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. And they'll always they'll always bring up this is one of my favorites. Like they'll say like, oh uh, yeah, Bitcoin is super wasteful, but you know how much the airlines waste. Uh, The airline companies, yeah, it sucks that they waste energy. Maybe we could find a new energy-efficient way to fly planes all over the world. Right, but but I get to
0: California in six hours, baby.
2: We literally, the economy, the entire global economy runs based on the airlines getting people all over the world. Like, there is actually a utility that is the trade-off there for the energy consumption. And if you actually add up the amount of, like, if, like, Bitcoin Was trading at the same level of like the amount of airlines going, like flying every day. It's like Bitcoin actually ends up being more. The reason Bitcoin isn't worse is because not enough people are using it. Like we're at, we're at like just the few amount of people who use it. They are using up so much energy that we're even able to compare the amount of energy they use to literal industries that run countries. It's, it's unbelievable. Like it's just, just a a, a ridiculous point for them to make.
1: And I do want to say in, in absolute fairness, I, Matt, you can tell me this is a bad idea. I thought it was a great idea. I said to Busy that my idea is if we're really trying to like lift people out of poverty and do all these things, why don't people that have massive crushing medical debt, massive student loans, each make a digital art, And then Jimmy Fallon can be like, how much do you owe on your medical debt? $350,000. I'll buy your digital art for $350,000. You sign this thing saying you'll never make another piece of digital art again and your debt's wiped out. So I was like, that's, you know... So in right. fairness, I do want to say somebody who listens to the podcast sent me something that there is some NFT group that is relieving medical debt with their proceeds. So if people who are making money are using it to relieve medical debt. And that's great. You know, that's a good intent. I'm sure as you you made an analogy to Lululemon earlier, people did good things with the money that they made from right. Lululemon, I'm sure. Right. But the bottom did fall out eventually and someone had to pay.
2: Well, the, the charity aspect of this is—it's uh, another scam in and of itself, honestly. Um, there are a lot of these fly-by-night cryptocurrencies that I mentioned. They're usually called altcoins or meme coins or shitcoins coins because that's how much they're actually worth. Um, a lot of them use the charity aspect to market their coin. Mm-hmm. They'll say like, you know, all twenty uh, percent of our proceeds, ten percent of our proceeds. Well. Number one, why, why is crypto necessary to give to this charity? It's not. You could just go and donate to the charities in and of itself. But then also, the money going to these charities that the owner of this crypto is so generously, uh, you know, the, the owners or whoever runs the, the, the foundation, however this particular currency using the charity angle runs, they are giving this 20% whatever to the charity. But where's this money coming from? It's not coming from revenue that they generated because, again, there's no revenue here. There's no product or service being sold. They are taking everyday average people who are investing money in this, they're taking their money that they're investing, hoping you will make this coin or project a success, and you're saying, you're taking money out of that market and giving it to a charity all to pump up your own project. Like, Every charity coin I've ever seen, any charity aspect of crypto I've ever seen, has either failed because, again, you're taking money out of this project that badly needs this money for that investment to go up, or just an outright scam that they basically use the charity angle to convince people, hey, feel good and make money. Right. But you you can't, you can't, you really can't do both. It's just not possible. That's kind of what Melania Trump did, right? She
1: minted some NFT and was like a portion of the. Proceeds are going to go to children's charity. Am I correct? Right, 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 right. And then I'm like, yeah, what? I mean, what portion, though, Melania?
2: Right, me. right. I mean, and, and you, we all know that the, the Trump family—they are very giving, and <laughs> everything they do in life, <laughs> they make sure that. I someone was going to say, would,
0: was it like be better? Is it a par- is it be best? <laughs> no, it's her is eyes. That, I, think she, I think it's I think it's called it like the-
1: Melania's eyes or something.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It's it was terrifying. fantastic art. The best. <laughs> The, the greatest NFT you've ever seen. You got a great deal. You got a great deal on it.
0: <laughs> so what do we do? Okay. So, okay. So I have two questions for you, Matt. Number one, is life all about money? That's a number two. What do we do about all this? Like all this right. fucking bullshit and like people like up in our grills about NFTs and investing in crypto and like talking about what do
2: we do right i mean i I never thought i'd say this but the gamers the gaming community has it exactly right on how we handle these nft promoters The, the the gaming world the 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 and when i say gaming world i mean people who buy video games hate this shit because they already get nickeled and dimed on microtransactions in games. You know, you you buy a video game, you get to go home and play it. You already spent 60 bucks or whatever on a video game. Then all of a sudden, a gaming developer releases a a new character pack that you got to spend an extra $10, $20 for. They hate that shit. So they definitely don't want to see a new way to get nickel and dime. So they hate NFTs. So basically, anytime an NFT, uh, excuse me, a gaming developer... Brings up the idea of, hey, we're gonna, uh, in, uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, uh, institute NFTs in our development process and start selling NFTs to our games. They immediately, hordes of gamers, just over overrun these uh, these companies like Twitter accounts and Facebook pages, anywhere where they could get in touch with these gaming developers and say. Uh, Don't you fucking dare. uh, My favorite is that NFT actually stands for no fucking thanks. They say, (laughs) we're not going to buy your shit anymore. That's it. And nine times out of 10, these gaming developers then come out a few days later and say, we didn't think this through. We're going to hold this idea. We're not going to do it right now at the very least, or if they don't, or or we're dropping the, the idea altogether. And they have stopped so much of this shit just by saying, we don't fucking want this shit. We don't want every single thing we do to be commodified. We want to go home after working as, you know, as a cashier or behind, you know, in a kitchen, we want to go home and just enjoy playing video games cuz we want to enjoy doing it. We don't want to go home and go oh, another thing to make money with. We got to hustle so we can make money with these video games cuz there's a lot of NF- games there's a lot of NFT games where basically you have to like literally pay money for every little portion of the game and get an NFT for everything. And if you don't have the money to get this thing, you can't play that part of the game or you can't have that character. And we're talking like like thousands of bucks here. Like th- there, there are literally student loans that people who have a lot of the in-game like money, they give student loans to people so then they could play this game. Oh my God. And then they then have to pay them back with a percentage of their in-game earnings. Like, do you realize how, like, it's bad enough that shit happens in the real world and now that's happening in something that's supposed to be a fun hobby too. Like, it's ridiculous. And so gamers have shut this down in many aspects. And we got to do this for everything. The music world and the, you know, the the Hollywood, anywhere where the NFTs want to get their claws in, we got to say, we don't want this shit and we won't buy your product okay. if you commodify every aspect of it.
0: Okay. So Matt, what you're saying is that we shouldn't try to sell NFTs to make a TV show.
2: <laughs> no. No.
0: No. <laughs> no. Okay. Got it. And Matt, you didn't answer my question. Is life all about money?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I would like it to not be. It shouldn't be. Me too. It really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. Um, sometimes you should just enjoy doing something without there being being a monetary angle to it. What do you enjoy doing? What do I enjoy? I enjoy podcasting with you guys. (laughs) Ah! Thank you. But other than that, what do you enjoy doing? That's
0: really sweet. But what do you, what do you enjoy doing in your life?
2: No, I mean, literally I I do live streams and podcasts. I actually enjoy doing, I like talking to people. You know, I come from a background of, of, uh, you know, of leftist politics and uh just have fun enjoying technology that's actually useful and provides some sort of utility and helps people and you know makes society more equal and equitable like the you know social media has its shitty aspects without a doubt but the original promise of connecting people and every giving everyone a voice is still there like yeah mark zuckerberg sucks and facebook has done terrible shit. But at its core the idea behind social media and social networks as a whole is still what it is. Like I'm sitting here talking to you guys right now because you were able to reach out to me over Twitter, over a social media platform where we we would never would have been able to have that sort of connection without that. At its core that aspect of social media is still there. Mm-hmm. There is no core aspect of any of what they're pushing as web three, because social media is web two, the old, that's the old web, they say. There's nothing at its core of web three that provides any utility whatsoever at all. Like, it's just a way for you to put money into something in hopes you will sell it for profit to the next sucker who comes along. That's all it is. It's such a, it's it's a bummer, but it's
0: also good to know that my gut was right, right. and you, also you don't even get shitty leggings um but anyway thank you so much I can't wait to continue listening to your podcast Scam thank you. economy because it's hard enough man it's fucking hard enough without feeling like wait am I getting scammed right. <laughs> by this by this shit right and should I right. be investing in Ethereum? And then you feel like, oh shit, wait, is that, what are we doing? What's anyone doing? And then right. is money everything? And it's not. That's, right. I'm going to say right. it's not.
2: I mean, you could say the same thing about lottery tickets or gambling. I mean, that's, that's the is, closest that this is. It does feel like gambling. It, 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 like if, if that's how it was being presented, I'd, I'd probably be like, you know what? They're, they're, they're telling people exactly what it is. You're gambling with your money. And remember, the house usually wins, so you're you're likely going to lose. Right. But if you want to do this, if this is what you want to do, you know, that's on you. But even, you know, even gambling is has regulations on it. Um, but, you know, that's not what they're trying to do here. They're trying to tell you that this is the future. This is the technological future. This is the financial future. This is going to be your life. Your identity is going to be connected to this. Everything you do, Online and offline in some aspects are going to be involved with crypto and nfts and the blockchain and web three and and like do we do we no. really bet everything?
0: Here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that we need to, like just say it's corny as fuck, and it's probably a scam. And like, guys, <laughs> we're too fucking smart for it. And also, if my thirteen year old is like, rolling their eyes and calling bullshit, then you know it's not the wave of the future. Yeah.
2: Right? That made me so happy. That made me so happy because th- that's who they're banking on. Like if 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 the youth of today if they can't pull it over their eyes, then I mean this yes. shit is doomed to fail. It's just it's just how this stuff works. There is no way that people get rich off of this Without more people losing, because for those right. people to get rich, that money has to come from the losers because no revenue is being generated. Right. That's right. All
0: right, Matt, you're awesome. Thank you for helping educate us. And, um, and then I look forward to learning more on your podcast. Is this just going to be ongoing? It feels like is this, a, this is a side hustle podcast from Doomed. What's happening? Right. Well,
2: this 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 podcast is actually getting uh, off off the bat more attention than the than Doom did, honestly. So this might be quickly taking over. Um, you know, but the reason I went into this because k- cryptocurrency as a whole is sort of inherently right wing, like far right wing, like well, it's libertarian,
0: cor- which is like in its in its origin, right? Like, yes, it does yes. have like, political roots of of like hardcore libertarians, like. Get rid of the banks and right. Don't trust like the man and whatever. Yes,
2: like like Satoshi, the guy, the anonymous guy, or whoever who founded Bitcoin. Uh, You know, we know th- it's it, a guy. It, Matt, come on. Yeah, Let's it's got to right. be. It's got. I'm trying to be trying to be fair. A woman never would know, never know, perpetrate know. this bullshit on the world. Well, well, well. His reasoning and a lot of the early Bitcoin people, their reasoning was very ideological. Like they they distrust the uh, you know the government. They, uh, they hate that the, uh, the, the, you know, the treasury prints money and that we're not, you know, we're not the gold, you know, use gold standard anymore. You know, it's not backed by gold anymore. Um, and this really bothers them. They're gold bugs in a lot of sense, uh, which has a really strong, like libertarian right wing, Ron Paul revolution founding. And so this stuff is inherently right wing at its core. Um, and you... See that basically a lot of white supremacists <laughs> and neo Nazis have made a tons of, tons of money with uh, cryptocurrency because when they get banned from PayPal or whatever using their you know uh, their accounts to fundraise for hate speech and for hateful acts they then go to crypto because they can fundraise via that and because they got in early and because this that was their mode of fundraising and when the whole crypto market skyrocketed they ended up making a ton of money. So basically, this added it it helped a lot of fascists uh, make a lot of money. And so you just see all this fun, all these crypto funds being used to basically fund white supremacist movements. And that's what my other podcast is about, Doomed. That like you just get into this stuff. Like you just, it's impossible to talk about, you know, right wing politics and not get into cryptocurrency. Um, and then I saw so many people were getting into it outside of the political realm in terms of just like, this should be an investment. I'm going to put my money into this. This is, this is my nest egg for my children's future. Oh boy, please don't do that. Uh, you know, the idea of decentralization is, is a beautiful concept that that's what this is all about. There's no, there's no centralized, like there's not like, you know, the government doesn't control any right. of this. There's <gasps> no big, big, you know, it's all decentralized. You know, that's what they, they claim the people hold most of the Bitcoin, the very rich and wealthy yeah. who hold most of the Bitcoin and other cryptos, they really do have a lot of power. Like, this is not all that decentralized, quite honestly. But the idea that decentralization is a beautiful thing, sort of, you have to sort of hope that everyone is coming from that same level of trying to work together towards a wow. better society. Like, like there were good things I saw that tried to be decentralized. Like, Occupy Wall Street in 2011, like, I was down there covering it and- They had great ideas and they created a great movement. A lot of those things got pulled into other social movements. But the core movement fizzled out because it was decentralized. And when you see that happens, it's because there's no one, there's no group or organization who has the central authority to sort of take everything and funnel it into one direction that'll take it towards a a successful route. Matt Bender, thank you so much. No, thank you. I mean it's it's good to get this stuff out, and it's good to see a celebrity who's so anti-crypto and NFTs. It's 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 honestly heartwarming. We're back.
1: Thank We're you. Back. Matt, Matt Bender for joining us. Scam economy is the is the podcast. And and sort of right before we got to it, we started talking about like gut feelings. And I've actually been thinking a lot about gut feelings lately and thinking a lot about what I mentioned that I feel like the whole anti-mask movement is based on like not wanting to feel stupid for two seconds mm-hmm. and then making yourself look so much more stupid by, like, ranting and raving against something that, like, if you just did it quietly, I don't think anyone would even care. Right. I don't think anyone would care if you didn't wear your mask. They just care if you, like, go to a school board meeting and threaten to to harm people or whatever, you know, uh, if you try to start a fist fight in, in Target because everyone's wearing a mask. That's when people care, you know. Um, and I get it. Like, people are, you know people have all of their reasons that they feel like they're doing this but i really just feel like for the most part it's just because people don't want to feel stupid. And and i get it cuz cuz we all feel stupid doing something new. But just talking about like your gut feelings and listening to your gut, like a lot of times we're spending so much time trying to like dismiss a thought that's like running through our mind, like to stop thinking something. And like, it's just, it's such a weird thing, right? Especially now when we're spending so much time like being introspective or whatever. So like, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because I feel like, yes, like with crypto or NFT, if something keeps running through your head, no matter what it is or what it's about, like, why don't you just like go one step and see how it goes in like figuring out why you think that, and why you keep having this thought.
0: Well, do you want me to?
1: Yes, I know the answer, but... Well, what do you think the answer is? I think the answer is you're afraid to know the answer.
0: I don't think that's necessarily true. What do you think? I think that people around you, one, people around others...
1: (laughs) People around people.
0: ...are very quick to dismiss and That's, this is true very quick to justify other interpretations and very quick to uphold systems that are in place that go against a gut feeling and so i think that and especially as women especially women, get taught from a very early age that your gut feeling is wrong.
1: Yeah, that you're being hysterical. Invalid. You're being paranoid. And you're on your period. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's true.
0: It's true. What's a gut feeling that you've had that was not, like, taken seriously and then true? True do you have any
1: I have a million I'm sure you have a million I think that I always have a gut feeling about like smaller things like I think I I think I really can tell when someone's lying to me And then it's a matter of whether or not I go with the lie or call them out. And like, for the most part, I think I usually allow them to continue lying because I'm like, well, if that's what they want to do, you know, I'm like, and also if you're going to confront someone about lying and they're just going to say that they're not lying or whatever, like, To what end, you know? Um, So, so I'm sort of like, okay, I know this person's lying. I'm going to act accordingly, but I'm not really going to, like, call them on their lie or whatever. Because here's the thing about liars. They're so great at it, and they're going to have some answer. People who are experienced liars are hardly will ever have nothing to say when you call them on it what hardly will ever be like you're right you got me you know so i think things like that and just like you know like that feeling that you get when you walk into a room and everyone stops talking and you know they were talking about you you know what I mean? Like you just like the bad art friend <laughs> fucking that was the crux of the bad art friend. Am I wrong? Yeah, I'm no, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. And it's like and every time people mm. will say, Oh, it's not all about you. Stop it. but it's just like you have that gut feeling and you know it. And like, but also, what are people supposed to say? Like, yes, we were talking about you. Sorry, we're all saying. Well, no, they're talking
0: shit. They can't.
1: They can't. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's like, as a parent, this is probably controversial. I have tried not to put my children in the position of lying about something. No, this is what every child psychologist says, by the way, just FYI. Oh, there you go. Okay. Because I just like, I know what I know. You're not supposed to act
0: ask children when you know the answer right you're not supposed right. to a- you're not supposed to try to trap them in a lie
1: Right. Yeah. And I just beyond trapping them in a lie, I never wanted to say like, what were you doing? Just because like, what are they supposed to say? What is a kid supposed to say? I was doing every single thing you told me not to do when you sent me out of the house tonight. You know, I was like, I was doing something private that is, you know, so I just, I've tried to, um, not put people in a position to lie but whatever it my kids and people included because it's very it's very um rare that people are just like readily honest in my experience but so that's most of my gut feelings are like around when people tell you like oh there's nothing to worry about and you're like mm, okay <laughs> you know? hmm. but like here's
0: what i want to like this is interesting actually Actually, actually, oh my God, it's like when a man comes up to you when you're filming something <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Actually, you're really funny. <laughs> or when Isn't somebody's like, like, you know what? Actually, that's a very intelligent point.
1: Yeah. Tell me you thought the opposite about is me it? prior to is this. It?
0: <laughs> Without is it telling an intelligent me? point? No, no, no. But this is like off the. Subject of what you had started to say. With. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Trying to, I'm not trying to, um, neg you. No <laughs> uh, one oh, well, now I forget my point. God damn it. My brain doesn't work anymore, Casey. I'm so tired. But, uh. You just,
1: yeah, you need a little sleep. Sleep? I need a little. I need like. Yeah. A
0: rest.
1: Yeah. I need a, that's what you need.
0: Wait, what is it? A vacation?
1: Maybe this will be the year you learn your lesson, but I doubt it.
0: I doubt it too.
1: I doubt it too. Is that your <laughs>
0: gut? Is that your gut? Because that's mine as well. My gut is that you My will gut not that, learn that I'm not going to learn it. I'm not going to learn it. I'm, not, I'm just not going to learn it. But I think that, like, I think you're on to something. I think that the fear of looking or feeling stupid is what prevents so many people from asking questions from like just being honest in what their feelings about any particular thing are like they're they're so afraid that somebody's going to be like ha ha you're dumb like ralph from
1: fucking the simpsons or something whatever that That's Nelson are- Muntz.
0: Oh Jesus, fucking! Christ.
1: <laughs> you got to correct me about hot dog on a stick, so now we're even. Nelson you know Muntz what? is the ha 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 guy from The Simpsons.
0: Nelson. Ha ha. Ha ha. Never.
1: Do- I've never done a voice on The Simpsons, Casey. Never. Done this. <laughs> you could never ask Nelson. You could do Nelson. Um, he's one of my favorite characters because it's such a simplification of something that people do all the time, and we're constantly trying to make each other feel fucking stupid for things. And why? Guys, I'm why guys particular. Can I tell you my most hated fucking thing? When some guy is like, "You've never seen Dune?" Like what? Like what? Like that's a huge crime to admit or you know (laughs) what i mean like what do you mean you never saw all 900 star wars is like it's just it's so weird and it's such a guy thing to do but i hate when women do it as well i hate when anyone does it because it's just like like why do you want to make someone feel stupid or like like negligent for that for not having seen a movie it couldn't be more trivial and also here's an opportunity to be like oh my god i'm jealous of you i wish i could watch that movie for the first time you should check it out sometime if you're into that kind of thing that's like saying exactly the same thing in a way where you're just not being like a total twat do you want to hear some (laughs)
0: movies that i've never seen before yes i've never seen any of the godfather movies not one You've never seen the Godfather movies? Not one. Not one, motherfucker. Come at me. (laughs) I've uh, I've only seen, you know this. You know this. (laughs) I've only seen the first one where Robert Downey Jr. is a superhero. Iron Man? Man. Is that Iron Man? I've only seen. Yeah, you got it. Thank God. I've only seen number one Iron Man and Black Panther. That's it. No other Marvel movies. What else? What else can I tell you? I've never seen I've never read Consider the Lobster. By well, David. What's
1: his name? Foster his, Wallace? Yes. Mm. Um, that's okay. I don't think you have to
0: I know, but so many bros so many bros are like
1: Yeah consider the lobster, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: I've never seen The Sopranos all the way through. I've never seen Game of Thrones. You know that. Um,
1: yeah. I don't know. There's lots. There's lots. There's lots of things because there's lots of things to watch and lots read and see, and you're and you're not deficient for not having seen any of those things. That's just somebody telling you that they can't relate to you because they're bad at relating and so they were like disappointed that the one thing that they thought that they were going to be able to relate to you on is not on the table and it's like embarrassing because like a normal person whose brains aren't broken would say oh you've never seen any of the godfather movies what kind of movies are you into maybe i've seen some of those movies let's talk about that it's just it's weird to tell somebody it's that so they... so weird. To try to make someone feel like they've failed because they haven't seen a movie or because they don't like a food or whatever. It's just, it's so silly. But these are the ways that we try to make each other feel fucking stupid all of the time. And so no wonder we all feel stupid. We've been told our whole lives that so much shit about us is stupid.
0: It's so interesting. I, you know, I'm in my last week of work. I'm really going to miss it. I love this show. I love it. I love it. I love it. And also, I am exhausted to the point of maybe not being able to see straight, which is an interesting place to be whilst. Yeah. filming a television show. <laughs> also, I want to say this. I do want to say this. Just if, if you're listening, you're like, bitch, shut the fuck up. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get paid too much for what I do, which is, that is true. However, historically speaking in the past, like... I've gotten, oh boy, on Cougar Town, (laughs) when I was on town, um, sometimes I'm like Aunt Sassy, but when I was on town, (laughs) guys, uh, we would do three weeks on and then we would get one week off, okay? Right. And like, it was sort of reasonable because what happens is that these days, Casey knows, I am fried.
1: Yeah. Fry. it's a lot it's a yeah. lot
0: it's a lot and so anyway what was my point i literally don't remember my point i'm about to end this i'm about to end this thing and i'm gonna miss it so much and i love these girls so much i love the i love them i love these ladies that i work with so much i'm so grateful to be able to have their like um like i mean it's so weird to even say because it feels so corny but like sisterhood like we like support each other we like are like what's this person going through today what's this person we're like what am i like everybody like shows up for each other it's a thing i've never experienced ever in my career because you've never had like the first people on the call sheet all be women right you know right, what I mean? right. yeah sure but I think it was Sarah that was like, I think social media is the scourge of the earth. And I think blah, 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 blah. And I think like, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. And it makes people feel bad. And I was like, I get it. I do get it. However, like here's this other side of it, which is that like, I feel like I have connected with so many people. Our guest Mm -hmm. today wouldn't have been our guest if not for social
1: means, right? Right. Right, yeah, we wouldn't have known about him or and that's how we reached out to him.
0: And you're able to find like like like-minded people and connect with them and have your experiences validated like by others who live 3,000 miles away from you or whatever. And I think that that is something. But I also do think there is a time... To just shut it the fuck down for yourselves,
1: yeah. No, yeah, no. I agree. I agree. I think. I think that you have to. Well, everybody's experience of social media is different, you know. And so, somebody like Sarah Bareilles is using it to to promote her work and I think she's using it to engage with fans, but I'd also venture to say that she probably sees a great deal of things that she'd rather not see on there. People saying things to her that she'd rather not hear um, just because they think they can because she's famous and they think it doesn't make a difference. That happens all the time, you know, and and we've talked about trolls before and just uh, how out of, out of hand and out of line people get because they just forget how people are supposed to act and treat each other so sarah's experience is valid and her thoughts on that are valid and she probably looks at it maybe as like a little bit of a necessary evil i think for some people who are like kind of living an isolated existence it Can probably be like a lifeline, a lifeline to a community that they might not have otherwise, Um, you know, and that that goes for like young people all the way through senior citizens who are like, you know, it's just my way that I like get to reach out and communicate with people daily but then also by the same token i think like for whatever reason some people might be living a relatively isolated existence and they're living like a relatively isolated virtual existence for whatever reason they haven't been able to successfully form a community on social media or online and so their experiences is really different too and i have seen people that have like one or five followers being like, why am I even doing this? No one pays attention to this anyway. And like, I'm alone in life and I'm alone on here. And I'm just like talking into the wind and and this isn't helpful to me or it's not health. And that's like, that's sad, you know? And and I, I can't claim to have any knowledge of how you fix that. I mean, I have, we've tried to do it a little bit for people and saying like, let's organize group chats for people. And that's something that I'm so proud of with this podcast, because that's something that we did right from the jump, organized group chats for people or help them organize their group chats. And those are like still going strong. Like babies have been born since, you know, is that true? Yeah, people that are in Busy Phillips is doing her best group chats have like gone to meet the babies that have been born from other group chat members and so that's really nice. Like that means a lot to me. And I I'm always the person that's like if someone's like that I know that doesn't have like a big platform is like what I really want is just to meet someone to like maybe go to dinner with once in a while. Like I'll totally put that on my facebook and be like here's my friend earl he lives in indiana he really wants to meet someone to go to dinner with him and like hope for the best and it doesn't always work out but again like those are things that like if someone makes themselves vulnerable to me like then you know, depending on who it is, within reason I'll do what's in my power to to try to do, at least try. But I know it can be really messy and scary. And it's really scary to join a dating website sometimes, but it's also really scary to be lonely. And so I just think that I don't know why everybody is feeling so lonely. I feel like people that are in big houses with big families are even feeling a little bit lonely. At, at least at times right now. And I don't know why that is. Um, but I would love to try to help people figure it out. I would love to try to hear why other people think that is. Do you feel lonely? Sometimes I do. Sometimes like my husband is at work and like my kids are living their lives and you know, and Eli has a job and he's busy with that. and I'm so grateful for that. and Lincoln's in school. And so sometimes, yeah, I'm just kind of like on my own, you know, just in my house or whatever. And I'm also like, well, this is a really good example. This is like our friend Paul F. Tompkins, like when he was my friend when I first got texting. You know what I mean? And like, I was so anxious around the etiquette of texting. Like, and so he would like text me all the time. And then he would be like, you never text me first. And I'd be like, well, I kind of feel like, who am I to just bust into your life with a text? You know what I mean? And he was like, it's not busting into my life. It's just like, just send me a fucking text, you know? And so he had to like educate me on the uh, idea that I wasn't a burden in our friendship and that like hearing from me would be a pleasure. And that if he was busy, he wouldn't text me back right away and it was no big deal. And if he could text me back right away great. Then we're having like a great conversation and vice versa. He wouldn't expect me to text him back right away if I was busy. And like, those are things that like, I didn't even know. Those are social things that I didn't even know. I talk a lot about our friend, Ashley Nicole Black and how she teaches me to be a better friend all the time because when she's thinking about me, she will mention it to me. Oh, I was thinking about you because and it's nothing, it's never anything deep. Like she's the one, <laughs> it's so silly, but we have this thing about like scratching a lemon cuz one time she was trying to think of like ze- the the phrase for zesting a lemon and she said I was scratching a lemon and it made me laugh so hard that she said scratching a lemon and so now either anytime either one of us zests a lemon we text the other person I'm scratching a lemon right now and thinking of you and like it's so silly but like I would not have known how to do that prior I would not have known or I wouldn't have had the courage to like tell someone that I was thinking about them so I think if I'm like that and if that's the way that my life went where i ended up being an adult who could tend to isolate and feel like i wasn't in a position to reach out to anyone or or to tell someone i was thinking about them or that i was lonely and to figure out how to solve my own loneliness sometimes then i figure there's got to be <laughs> there's got to be a lot of other people that feel that way i would think do, do you, you ever feel lonely Oh, yeah. All the time.
0: But I'm like, a, I'm like a horrifically like codependent human. Like I, I like I'm like trying to like, I'm trying to,
1: I don't know. Well, I was I'm a very independent human, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, same, 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 you know, so no, 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 I no, 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 same, same, same. <laughs> I like to do a lot of things by myself. But then same, sometimes same, same. I'm like, holy shit, I've been by myself for, like, so long and I haven't seen another soul and I've, like, isolated myself and that feels bad, you know? But I think so many people must feel that way.
0: Yeah, because I... Casey, I'm gonna just say it. I think you solved the riddle of the dissatisfaction of this time of people. And and, I, and I'm like, I, I won't say generation because, you know... I've like been working with Ada Calhoun who wrote the thing about Gen X and yeah. I have been looking at millennials and then also Gen Z and then thinking about a lot of this stuff and like generational stuff and like whatever, whatever. But it's so interesting because I think what you said last week in the emergency pod is actually the crux of the whole fucking thing, which is that no one, not Gina Linetti, my dog, <laughs> I'm serious, not any person that I have ever met in my life wants to be an individualist. Not any, any, any person or pet that I have ever <laughs> met wants to just be out for themselves. Z. Right. They want to be a part of a pack and they want to feel like they're a part of a pack. And the biggest... And the biggest lie that the devil ever sold us is that it's all about you and that's it. And like... At the end of the day, this thing about NFTs, the, the thing about cryptocurrency, getting rich quick, and all of it, all of it goes back to that. Like, we're not meant to hoard. We're not meant to be Gollum in Lord of the Rings. We're not meant to be like, my precious, my precious. We're meant to be like, come here. Come here, I have something really warm and lovely, and it's food, it's this, it's that, it's my grandma Moot's crochet pattern. (laughs) I mean, I'm bringing myself into this like in a bigger way than it needs to be, but (laughs) listen, that's that's like that's gonna happen because I have an ego, because I like I've been raised in this society, but I'm just saying. Let's, like, peel back those fucking layers, the layers of the onion, the layers of whatever. And, like, that's it, man. Like, come upstairs. Come to my house. Like, sit down. Have a place to stay. Like, we don't need all of this. This isn't meant for just me. This is meant for all of us because every human deserves, like, to have a tr- like a a group of people surrounding yeah. them, supporting them, and like holding them up, because yeah, so quickly it can fucking flip. It's yeah. there by the grace of God.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think um it's interesting, you know, because I know Jimmy Fallon a little bit. You know, I, 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 he wouldn't. I know him a lot not, a bit. Yeah, and I, I don't think that he'd call me um, a friend, certainly, but he's always I think always his been... wife might call me a friend. There you go. He, but what I want to say about him is that he's always been so welcoming and friendly to me and in a really genuine and consistent way, you know? Always paid so much attention to my son when he was a baby because we worked in the same place where my son went to daycare. You know, so, like, uh, this is why I'm, like ask the questions ask the follow up questions before you buy into something because i think that everyone has something to give and i think that you know people want to gain things obviously like you know you want to have a good life you want to make a good living i'm not going to i'm not going to begrudge anyone that um, but you, I think you do have to ask the next questions. Like, where is this coming from? You know? And, like, well, I, we talk a lot about things that we almost did um, with, you know, with our TV show and with the our plan for post-TV show. But, like, someone... Offered us like a really good deal at one point to do a project. And we just kept asking, where is that money coming from? Where is it coming from? And they couldn't, they couldn't answer. They wouldn't. They would not answer. They wouldn't answer. And so we said, we just said no, based on our gut. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. And like, I mean, like. It, and like real talk, it's much easier for you to walk away from a sum of money like that because of what your career is. It was very hard for me to turn down that amount. And I said to you at
0: the time, Casey, I said to you, I, I remember the fucking conversation with you. I called yeah. you and I was like, I know I have my Olay deal. I know I can get right. money from doing these things with brands. I know this is a bigger deal, but... but it just feels fucking weird and off. And right. And I want you to just
1: do a gut check.
0: And if it does right. with you too, like let's not.
1: Yeah. And so that, you know, and like, and it's one of those situations where like, if they had been able to give me that money, like the money is money you know but like they couldn't answer where the w- or they wouldn't answer where the answers. money was coming from it was from. like the
0: answers if
1: they had given us the answers that we were right. asking for right but we just and like and we just weren't able to like say yes to it because we just felt bad about it and it turned out that we were like probably right I don't fucking know because you know I have know, no idea Yeah. I don't know what happened with their business. I think it ultimately went on to be unsuccessful, which means that either that money didn't exist or like it came from... But I don't think everybody involved with it had bad intentions. I just think that they weren't asking the questions. I'm sure that some people did have bad intentions. And like I'm sure people talk themselves into the idea that their intentions aren't bad all the time. I think people probably are like, you know... Convincing themselves all the time that like they just have to say certain things to get everyone on board and that it's going to be a success, you know, down the down the line. But I just I think we all deserve honesty. And I think that. People have to be honest with themselves and just ask the next question, even if you're scared of knowing the answer, because if someone tells you the truth and you don't like it, then you're informed and you can walk away. If someone isn't honest with you, you can do a gut check on that, being able to say, like, I don't think you're being honest. And if someone doesn't answer at all, that is an answer, you know, so. Just... OK,
0: so wait. So, OK,
1: so birdie.
0: Has had to watch, no, has read the Hunger Games books. Yes. And then watched the movies. And I, because I'm a a little bit old for them and whatever. And guys, (laughs) I don't know if you notice about me, if you have figured this out by now. I don't watch like movies that like everybody's watching. Not because I think I'm cooler, but more that I don't have the time and not that then <laughs> not that everyone doesn't have the time like i get it like everybody's busy but more just like like in those moments i would rather get a facial than watch right hunger games yeah you're making okay. choices i make the ch- the choices i make are not to go to the movie theater they're to like get a facial or like have my hair colored do you know what i mean yeah yeah okay I just want to say, I'm not judging you for loving the, go, and going to the movies. I'm just saying, yeah. in, in the last, I'm not even joking, the last decade, my choices of my free time have been taken up with other things than going to movies. Okay? Right. Is that right. fair? Okay. That's fair. So, Bertie read The Hunger Games books and then had to watch the movies and was like writing these books. I mean I don't even know understand what seventh grade is anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> Writing these like comparative essays about the shit. So Bertie watched first Hunger Games and then I watched the first one with them after like they watched it the second time. And I was like, Ooh, this is actually a really good movie. Really good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when did it come out? Like twenty sixteen? I have no idea. A so long a long time ago. So then the second movie, Bertie read the second book and then watched Catching Fire and then was like, over the weekend, was like, Mom, watch Catching Fire with me. It's so good. I think it's better than the first one. I didn't really love the first one because to be honest with you, like many people in America, I think, the idea of children murdering one another was... Honestly,
1: it's unpalatable.
0: Well, it's unpalatable, but also like not far from the reality. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And therefore, too upsetting for me to watch. Like, Bertie was like, you're more upset about this than me. And I was like, yes, I am. Because I'm a fucking 42-year-old woman who has now watched since my sophomore year of college, which was Columbine, till now, and nothing changes. Right. So, right. yeah, Bird, I do find this to be unpalatable as a movie. So anyway, Birdie was like, the second Hunger Games movie isn't kids killing each other. It's like, whatever, adults." So anyway, fine. So I watched the second Hunger Games movie with Birdie over the weekend. Two things happen. I want to I talk about Both of them. The first one is that Jeffrey Wright's character says a thing. And what he says is to Katniss Everdeen, (laughs) there is always a flaw in the system. There's always a flaw in the system. You just have to find the flaw in the system. There's always a flaw in the system, which I just, I'm only bringing up because, I don't know, Joe Rogan, the world, NFTs. There's always a flaw in the system, guys. That's all I'm saying to you. There is a flaw in the system that you can see. It may be sort of imperceptible. It may be only certain people can kind of see the flaw. But there is always a motherfucking flaw in the system. A, number one. Number two, what the fuck was number two? (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm going to try to trace it back. I'm so tired. I'm now drunk. Haven't eaten enough today. Choked on the can of Nelly Bean. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Oh, But no, wait. The second thing. <laughs> it was just so stupid. The second thing was just like a funny story about like Birdie being the kid, being my kid. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. So anyway, so we watched the second, second Hunger Games movie, right? Yeah. And then like the credits roll up and I'm like, oh, like got it. I'm like, oh my God, that was so good. This is Saturday night. And so I'm just letting the credits roll, right? As yeah. we're watching it. And we're sitting there on my bed, me and Bird, okay, because like crickets with Mark because it's inappropriate for an eight-year-old, okay, to sure. watch the Hunger Games. Um, anyways, so I'm like, oh my God. So we're like freaking out about Hunger Games. The credits are rolling. And then Birdie's like, out of nowhere. Birdie's like, why does the name Elizabeth Banks look familiar. The name Elizabeth Banks. Why does the name Elizabeth Banks look familiar? (laughs) Okay. Guys, backstory. This isn't a Hollywood break. This is a busy Phillips break. (laughs) I've known Liz Banks for literally since the baby carrots poisoned me. I've known her that long. Maybe longer even. But we've been in each other's lives in many different capacities since baby carrots poisoned me. Like birthday parties, and then we had children that were similar ages. And then our kids ended up at the same school in Los Angeles. Right. And then we were like in this extended group. I mean, Liz was at my fortieth birthday party. Your birthday party. In Mexico. In Mexico. Oh, when our talk show started Liz was one of the only like people in my peer group that sent me an email that day, you remember? Aww, Saying that's like so congratulations nice. and I'm like so excited yeah. to watch. Okay, anyway. Liz has, like been around. I've known Liz yeah, for a you've, million years. You honored
1: her at. We've talked about it on the oh, podcast. Yeah, you right. honored her. I
0: did. I honored her at that where thing we because made I made fun of I've the known, guy. Yes, sure, I've known Liz forever. She's known me forever. And she's known Bertie since Birdie was born. Like right. I've known her kids. So anyway, Birdie goes. So this is this is what I'm saying to you. How fucking weird it must be to be my child sometimes. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. By the way, also when Charlie's when Liz directed Charlie's Angels, yeah, she emailed me and was like, "Hey, like really, like the demo is like your kid's age, like Birdie's age, not cricket, yeah. but like Birdie's age. Will you come to this if I do like a little?" Um, like test screening type deal. Will you yeah. bring Birdie and maybe some of their friends and come? Like, sure. We came and then like saw it. Again, I mean, I'm repeating myself multiple times. We've been friends for a long time. I'm just yeah. trying to explain to you guys that like this isn't an actor that I like kind of know. Yeah, you haven't just run into her. Right, like at some parties. Because there right. are those people too. Yeah, But Banks is like, we're on the board together at the repro reproductive rights thing. Like, been to my house, swam in my pool. We've gone to their house, whatever. So, anyway, credits are scrolling, and Bertie's like, Yeah, why is the name Elizabeth Banks familiar to me? And all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, wait, Bertie, do you not know who Effie Drinkit is? And Bertie's like, Who's Effie Trinket? And I was like, Liz, my friend Liz, 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 ba- Liz Banks, Magnus' mom. <laughs> and Bertie's face and their brain broke. And I watched <laughs> it happen in real time. And Bertie was like, Liz? Is Elizabeth Banks? And I was like, yeah, dude. Our friend Liz is the is the actor Elizabeth Banks. And Bertie goes, I thought that lady was just a director. She thought she was, she was like, I thought that lady was just a director who just directed movies, Charlie's Angels. I didn't oh know she God. was Elizabeth Banks the actor who was in and Bertie and then Bertie's like who was in Lego? <laughs> Lego. <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> yeah she was the <laughs> she was the voice in Lego movie. <laughs> and she's <laughs> Effie drink and I was yeah Honey, she she's Effie Trinket. Yeah, she's Effie uh, Trinket. Their was mind like, got blown. So fucking blown. And I know this is unrelatable, guys, because I understand that, like, kids haven't had barbecues at Effie Trinket's house. But I'm just saying it was so cute and so sweet and, like, uh, so funny. Is this
1: unrelatable? Do we, should we cut this all out? No. <laughs> I think it's very cute and funny. My kids were, you know, my kids knew Mr. Rogers. What are you going to do? I mean, you know. You guys, you can't see because it's a podcast. (laughs) My eyebrows raised (laughs) so high just now. It's a... It's it's, it's not... I wouldn't say it's like a perk Mm. of the business. It's just a fact of the business. Sometimes you know Liz Banks. Sometimes you know Mr. Rogers. Okay. So anyway...
0: Anyway, it was so cute. And then Bertie was like, adorable." starstruck. Like in our weird fucking apartment. Like (laughs) starstruck. And was like, oh my God, that's Liz. I know her. She knows me. Oh my God. I know if she drink it. Because like all Uh... things, like Bertie got so into Hunger Games and is so in, like so Team PETA. And also I want to say this. I would just like to say this. And guys, I know I'm drunk now because <laughs> i've had zero zero food aside from the cannellini bean that i choked on <laughs> earlier and yes three turkey roll ups what's a turkey roll up you might ask a turkey roll up a turkey roll up is turkey wrapped around cheese and lettuce and avocado that i then dip in mustard because Sets don't carry gluten-free bread. <laughs> that Anyways,
1: that's all I'm saying. You think was so cushy, but no, no gluten-free bread. Not New <laughs> York, <babe.
0: laughs> Anyway, the point being. The point being. That's really cute. Birdie was so cute about it. Also, Birdie's being cute about everything. Mm, interesting. No, I mean, just like I love them so much right now. do you ever do you do that do you go through these phases with your kids where you're like I'm so in love with my kid right now I can't take it
1: Oh my gosh, of course, of okay. course. And I've also okay. gone through phases where I'm like constantly giving them the finger behind their back. Oh, so, also, uh, Bertie was
0: such an asshole to me like three days ago <laughs> that I do, I do get that. Like, I was like, Bertie, I'm exhausted. Please, like, give me a fucking break. I cannot watch one more episode yeah. of Scum again for the fourth time, please. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Bertie is being really cute. And Aww. we just like, you know, well, also, Casey, because. Because you know, because your kids are actually very much older than my kids. Yeah. But like, and maybe people listening understand too, like if you have a kid that has gone through a really, really tough moment in their life and then you like come out on the other side and you feel the sort of release of that tension and you see, you see it in them, you see like the light and like all the stuff, the stuff coming back. Yeah. It's, there's nothing like it on earth. And I do want to say this. I do, I really want to say this. I want to just say this because I don't know who needs to hear this. Somebody does. If you're in the darkest, darkest part right now with your kid- stay the course. Follow your gut. Follow your gut. Follow
1: your gut. Stay the course. Yeah, that is the hope. Keep asking questions. Keep reaching. That's a perfect example of something where you might shut yourself down and not reach out and not ask Questions and not ask people what their thoughts are, but it's a perfect example of where you need somebody. Can I and tell you something really weird? What? So I was looking at
0: pictures as I'm want mm-hmm. to do, as I am want to do. And I realized that Bertie and I are flying. Overseas to Europe on the exact same day that we did in 2020. Oh, interesting! Interesting. interesting. Huh. huh? Huh? I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a little bit. I feel. I felt like it's. like a eternal sunshine of the spotless mind vibes yeah it was exactly two years ago this coming Saturday I guess I flew with Bertie to London right before the pandemic because Bertie had been horribly bullied and was really struggling And I was grasping at straws. And I used my frequent flyer miles and flew birds to London to meet their favorite YouTubers, thinking, thinking i don't know what i was thinking thinking anything thinking let's try let's try
1: let's see well yeah i mean i've been in that position before where you're just like what can i do um in my case i let my child watch the south park movie which was not appropriate (laughs) for his age but i was like i'll do anything to see this kid smile well, I used all of the frequent flyer miles that I had accumulated <laughs> for
0: the previous decade to fly yeah. my child to London on the on the same day that now 2 years later I'm going with them to Stockholm, but things are so different. Yeah. And it's almost like you could remove the chunk of time, right? Like we get on this yeah. plane, let's say we get on this plane on Saturday and what if you just lifted out perfectly cleanly the last two years?
1: What I mean? Yeah. It's kind I mean, of wild. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah but I'm glad you can't lift out even as hard as everything was. I'm glad that we can't do that because birdie is now much better equipped to deal with so many things. You are now much better equipped to understand and deal with so many things. And you are also both better equipped to help anyone who might be going through the same thing, you can be now the thing that you wish existed when you were going through all of this you you probably wished that you knew someone that had been through the same thing and that you could talk to and now you can be that for someone else if the situation should arise and i know that makes a huge difference to someone that might need it you know i know that it does But I'm very happy for Bird. I'm very happy that they're getting to go to Sweden. We can talk more about that uh, next week, right before you go. But what are you... I know one thing you're doing your best at this week. You were on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, OTV, off the vine. The last
0: season of The Bachelor slash Bachelorette that I ever watched. (laughs) was caitlin bristow's yeah i fucking love her i love yeah love her i love her i think she's great i think she's great yeah she's got a podcast guys yeah i didn't realize that she had one dancing with the stars because again you know you know your girl
1: i mean maybe you're
0: not yeah you do know your girl I'm not you guys. I'm watching the Hunger Games. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm
1: behind. (laughs) Yeah, but 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 in case you don't know, your favorite from The Bachelor, who I love, Caitlin. She's doing great. She won Dancing with the Stars. She's engaged to Jason from Becca Cuffrin's season of The Bachelorette. But Uh, also she she, has a
0: great podcast and I love her podcast and I've been listening to it. And she likes wine like me. Yeah, it's called Off
1: the Vine. And you were on it. Did you have fun? I loved it. I loved it. She's so sweet. I love her. I bet a bunch of you already knew about this podcast, by the way, because I think it's been on since like 2017. But I can't wait to hear your episode. You know, it's kind of like this podcast. Like we have our things that is like the format of our podcast, but then it's just like hilarious in general and feels like you're hanging out with your best friends. Mm. And it comes out twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday. That's amazing. So... Well, she doesn't have kids, so you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) Anyway, you can listen to new episodes of Off the Vine every Tuesday and Thursday on your
1: favorite podcast app. And I'm assuming your episode's going to come out on a Tuesday because you uh, were a celebrity guest. So look out for... Everybody look out for Busy on Caitlin Bristow's podcast. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing your best at this week? Okay, so...
0: I've gotten back into my workout journey.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: Three times. I have worked out three times. Okay. Trampoline and, workout? Yes. I've been doing a trampolining thing and it's been hard. And my body hurts. Not my yeah. knees. Not the bad part of my body. But like, just it's crazy. Sore. Yeah, no, it's crazy to get back into a thing. Like, I was... I'm I'm like out of shape. <laughs> and like my whole That's thing okay. was like I was in shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's yeah. hard for me and my ego is like this is this is the ego vibe guys. My ego is like fuck you. Don't <laughs> don't do it. Just stop. But I had to give myself grace and I kept just thinking, I just kept thinking over and over again, grace, 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 this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. So I did three times a week. I did three times this past week. I didn't, I don't mean three times a week. I did three times this past week, which considering like my work schedule and everything felt like a win. Yeah, And also felt like good, like I'm doing it, like I'm trying, yeah. I'm like getting it, I'm doing it, I'm getting back in there, whatever. It's becoming a part of my like uh, muscle memory, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I am attempting to give myself a fucking break, which is not easy for me, but I'm doing t- <laughs> And uh, that's what I'm doing my
1: best at. That is what I'm doing my best at. I think that's great. I think that, well, that's the whole point with working out, right? Is that like you want to do it to the point where you feel good. And if you're hurting yourself or you're punishing yourself or you're working out, um, it, you know, just so much where it just feels like that's all you're doing. Uh, you know, maybe that's where you have to like do a check and a reevaluation. That's, for, that's, that's good for anyone. Well,
0: and and here's what happened in like workout. I oh, mean, I've worked out four times this week In workout oh. number three. I was like, she was like, okay, so can we do like, we're going to do one more cardio or whatever. And I was like, Actually, this like weird pinch, hurt, pain in my knee is happening. And I think I should stop because I know I have a workout book tomorrow. I think we should not continue with this thing because I would like to be able to show up tomorrow. And I'm a little bit fearful that if I continue with this, it'll be too painful tomorrow. Yeah. And... She was like, oh my God, amazing. Okay, let's do abs. I was like, oh yeah, my abs, my abs, my abs are not injured.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that sounds great. I am doing my best. What am I doing my best at? What are you doing your best at? I'm juggling a lot of small jobs um which you know there's I, I mean i can talk for days about like the procrastination and the avoidance of all the things that you have to do but there's so many now that it all equals one one full time low paying job <laughs> That I just have to get it done. No, I mean, you know how it is. It's like these small little things that, or maybe you don't. I don't know. Freelancers, you know how it is. Somebody's like, oh, it's super simple. It's going to take you a couple days. It's going to be spread out over a couple weeks. It's this amount of money. And then you're like, okay, that seems fine. And then next thing you know, it's not super simple at all. It takes up a huge amount of time. Why is that? And it spreads over. It's just because I think there's like um, a mentality that like once we've retained you to do something that you're kind of on call and like that isn't the case, you know, like there's so I haven't been doing like the freelance life for a little while. And I think that I kind of slipped up on minding my P's and Q's and like agreeing with people like I'm only working this amount of hours, this amount of drafts. My end date is this. And those are things that, like, I used to really be clear on and I haven't been clear on some of the things that I've been working on. So I need to remember to do that in the future. So now I'm just kind of, like, limping um, across the finish line trying to finish this handful of projects that, like, you know, it's, like, it's fine. It's work. It's – um. And it's okay that it took a little longer. um, But I just need to finish now. And then I'm just like, you know, uh, working on my skincare line. All right. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have a skincare line. But you know that I do like, um, I love science and I love, like, I do actually have like a little kid has a chemistry set. I do like conduct chemical experiments. So I invented this like toner. I, I invented. I didn't invent. I used like my basic knowledge of chemistry to make a toner that I thought would correct some issues that I have with my skin. And so I'm testing it out and my kids are testing it out. And no one's face has fallen off yet. And so, you
0: know, how does so that, that work? You saw. like you like use well, I don't get it. All
1: right. Well you let us know. <laughs> you let us know. Uh, I'll let right. you know. I'll let you know how, how it's going. I and, can't wait. Um, what would you name the brand? What feel would like, you name the brand? Oh, that's a really, I haven't even thought. I'm just mm. into the science right now. I haven't even thought that that far. Okay, okay, I'm just okay, okay. Um, conducting my experiments and testing for safety and effectiveness. Oh my God.
0: Literally insane. Will you send it to me, please? <laughs>
1: Yes, I will. I'll send you okay. some. But I just—you have to be careful because your face is like your money maker. So sensitive. So. Yeah, but I'm so, almost done. You know, I so. won't do
0: it in the next like three days.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um. All right. Well, we should get going because you have overserved yourself, and you need to need Some. You're like
0: that waiter I mean- that was
1: like. <laughs> you're good on drinks like
0: as a statement not a question and i was like is this a question or a statement he's like you're good on drinks
1: <laughs> i was like you're like Sir, you're like Andy Cohen on New Year's Eve right now <laughs> i am a little bit but only because i haven't
0: eaten anything hardly at all all yeah, day you need you need like three more and turkey rolls also roll-ups. i know fuck fuck that fuck that <laughs> turkey rolls by the way you need not for nothing I have attempted to, like, make sure that I'm not just, like, eating turkey roll-ups on set. Yeah. But we were on location today, and then when you're on location, you're kind of fucked.
1: You don't, have, you don't really have a choice. You really kind of are fucked. You know what I mean? We should, we should let you go get some food. I'm going to. I'm going to eat chicken. There you go. Yeah, great. That's A that's chicken schnitzel? Eating. Sure. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I was going to suggest nachos. I was going to suggest nachos, but you got to be careful because you've had a bean skin incident already today. That bean
0: skin incident was harrowing. (laughs) And we—you don't want to tempt harrowing when Katniss Everdeen had to. (laughs) I don't even know, guys. I don't know. I was going to try to. something. (laughs) Something. When Katniss Everdeen. Something. Almost. Almost. Uh, And I have to be back at work in less than twelve hours. uh In less than twelve hours. It's only two more days. I love you, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Oh, no.